The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who ain't afraid of no ghosts, Josh Borboni. How are you doing this evening? Hello, hello. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, not tired. Am I not tired? I'm probably tired, just not as tired as usual. Does that make that's sense? That's okay. I am <laughs> exhausted. <laughs> yeah, I bet. But, you know, that's fine. I'm here. I'm excited. Like, anytime I sit down on my couch, I feel like I could just fall asleep right now. Yes, I I hear you on that. So, so yeah. But, hey, it's been another month. Uh, I will <laughs> say the, the nice messages we got about being like, hey, it's a really a bummer the podcast is only monthly. I really wish you guys were weekly. <laughs> we do too <laughs> like i hear you i i we appreciate that uh know that uh we, we definitely appreciate those messages but um yeah. this is what at least i can commit to you right now so um thank but thank you we we it's sometimes you know it's like nice for people like it's nice to, that people recognize when you're gone you know like if you just are gone and no one yeah. notices it's like yeah. kind of a bummer right so it's it's kind of nice to be missed which Probably sounds bad, but I think y'all get what I mean. So no, uh, we have that, we have a bunch of new followers. We get a lot of new people follow us on socials, which is really interesting. Yeah. So maybe once a month is the way to go. <laughs> yeah, but perhaps it is. Maybe it's going to be more effective for us, better for us. We'll have to see how that goes. But yeah. uh, with that, Josh, you know we're gonna we'll do, jump and do some life updates. So how have things been going, man? What's been happening in the last four weeks, basically, since we really talked in depth? It's weird, huh? Four weeks. I know, huh? right? It's so bizarre. I started a new job. You did. But we talked about that, right? We did. I think we talked about that last time, yes. So have I been there for a month? That's crazy. I think crazy. you have. Oh, boy. Yeah, so they're moving me to a different part of the place now, and they're giving me a new role. So Wait, are you already, already getting promoted after getting a month? promoted. <laughs> 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 so that'll be interesting. That move happens this week, so it's a little stressful, but uh, exciting at the same time. So that's good, right? That is good. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thanks. <laughs> uh, otherwise, uh, not too much. I recorded a three-hour horror podcast with Donnie the other last week. <laughs> I saw that pop up. <laughs> so that happened. That was a long night, but it was fun. I, you know, I don't get to talk horror too much, so you know, it's nice to chat with Donnie about that. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Things are, I don't have as much free time again at home now. So like mm-hmm. when I get home, it's come home, get the kid, make dinner, send the kid to bed, and then have two hours to myself to decide what am I going to do tonight? Yeah. And it's usually like watch YouTube <laughs> for oh, two gotcha. hours and go to bed. So Uh, Like the video games and like movies and all that kind of stuff. It's been tougher as far as like the pop culture aspect of like what my life is based on. (laughs) Uh, 
so that part is difficult, but, uh, you know, people don't want to hear about my boring, normal things. We got to talk about your storm chasing and how you had <laughs> to go, you had to get close up with a hurricane. So you decided to go to Disney to check it out. Well, you know, that, that was the goal, right? So <laughs> pre-pandemic, I went to a conference in New Orleans, and they had a tropical storm while I was there. So I was like, oh, this is – I mean, not that I want tropical storms to happen, but I was like, well, that's kind of neat. I've never been in a tropical storm before. This seems pretty cool. Uh, so I can you know check that off the bucket list of life experiences, and I was like, I'm good to go as far as that is. Ah, uh, well, then, of course, you know we had our long – our 10-day trip to Disney World planned, and uh, there was a hurricane, so that was pretty exciting. Uh, so we got down there on Monday. Uh, Monday night, we we just did like Disney Springs, went to dinner, kind of all that good stuff, bummed around there. Tuesday, then we hit up at Epcot, and we were at the park basically all day. Like We got there at Rope Drop, and we were there until uh, pretty much till the park closed and watched Harmonious and like all that good stuff, and then headed back. And then, yeah, Wednesday and Thursday, we were uh, confined to our hotel um which was not horrible now we were staying at caribbean beach which meant that um we're not like centrally or we're not connected to like the main lobby area you have to like walk outside to get there so basically from three o'clock wednesday until about three o'clock thursday we were basically supposed to stay in our rooms uh so you know (laughs) wednesday morning was one of the longest lines i ever waited in and that was to get lunch (laughs) The longest line I waited in at Disney the whole time was just to get lunch on Wednesday because we were like, well, you know, they allowed you to buy like box lunches and like box dinners and like all that stuff to take back to your room. But we had ordered groceries like when we got there um, and had them delivered to the hotel. So we had food in our room. So like we weren't really worried about that part. Uh, so we were like, well, let's just get a hot meal now. And then that way we'll have that'll be our last hot meal until, you know, whenever um, not knowing how long this was going to last because I've never been through a hurricane before. Um, so we had to wait like almost an hour to order food because like, wow. you know, no one could go anywhere. Right. So you have this huge hotel and basically only like one food spot really open in the hotel. Um, well, I shouldn't say that there was two there. <laughs> it was really funny though. Cause like the pool was still open and like, and it is like gray and like really overcast and reasonably windy, yeah. but light sprinkles at that point. Like it wasn't raining too hard yet. Um, so like the pool was open, like the pool bar was open, so like people were just like out, like having drinks and stuff like that. I'm like, seems so wrong, but I guess like, what else do you do? Right. right. Like, you know, if you're, tra- if you're stuck there and they're open, so you're like, well, I guess I'll have a beer, you know? <laughs> um, it was funny though, cause Tuesday night when they had announced that the parks were going to be closed Wednesday and Thursday, um, I went to the gift shop in the, in the hotel and was like, I'm just going to like grab like a puzzle or something for us to do. Cause we had brought some small um, board games with us which now that I think about it, I did not put on my Witcher plan at all, which I should add to that. But we just brought some small card games and stuff with us. So I'm looking and I find this puzzle. I'm like, oh, this would be a good puzzle to do. And I walk up to the checkout to, you know, do it and, and pay for it. And <laughs> these two, what I assume to be like moms, who I think must have been like on vacation, like as a family or like a big family or a group of friends or whatever, are like buying like, all of this alcohol <laughs> like so much alcohol and i just have a puzzle and yeah. they looked at me and kind of snickered and they're like enjoy doing your puzzle and i was like i will i'm gonna enjoy this just fine but i guess if you're gonna be stuck in a hotel with your kids you probably are gonna need something to drink like i could see that being reasonable sure. i don't have kids so i don't know but i feel like that'd be reasonable anyway 
so yeah so waited in line got food whatever i mean it was kind of cool like in the hotel lobby they had like a whole bunch of characters there and they were doing like fun things with the kids and kind of all that stuff and then after that like just sat down and hunkered down in the hotel room for you know a day and a half basically at that point then and it got really windy and really rainy but otherwise with where we were uh it, it didn't seem that bad i say that in quotation marks of being like with where we were right um right. like outside of my room we, i couldn't see all of that much or we couldn't see that much going on out there obviously we could see what was happening like on the weather channel and on the news stations and obviously it was very very bad in some places and Fort yeah. myers it was horrendous right but with where we were, I was like sitting, I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, some trees are blowing, some rain is coming. But otherwise, it was just like sitting out a really bad thunderstorm, but it just lasted for a long time. Yeah. That's kind yeah. of what it felt like, right? So <laughs> the funny thing that happened during that, though, is, you know, on Disney property, they have like the, they're like, they have separate from like Disney Plus and the Disney Channel and all that stuff. They have like an on property, like movie channel that's just playing Disney movies and yeah. you can just sit down and watch whenever. So we just had that on because we're like, well, we'll have that on. We'll play some you know, games. We'll work on this puzzle. It'll be great. So one of the movies that came on was the live action Cinderella. Josh, have you ever seen the live action Cinderella movie? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. Neither had I. Did I have any desire to watch it, Josh? No, I did not. But it was on. So yeah. whatever. Was kind of watching it as we're going. Eventually, we stopped playing the game and we're just watching the movie. And then when there's like 15 minutes of the movie left, it just like stops and a new movie starts. And then I was like, okay, now I'm kind of invested. I wanted to see what was going to happen. Like, I know what's going to happen. It's Cinderella. But I was like, what the heck? So that was a little disconcerting. I was like, the movie just ended and they moved on to a new movie. Now I don't like left hanging. Like, you know, did she actually get to marry the prince and what's going to happen here? But anyway, uh, so then it was funny because the next day then they played Cinderella again. And we're like, we're watching this darn thing again because we want to see what happens. And, you know, let's be real. We had the time. <laughs> so right. we watched it again. This time it did play to completion. So we got to see the end. Um, but, yeah, so that was, you know, just hanging out there. And then by 3 o'clock on Thursday, p.m. in the afternoon, we were able to the, – the dining, like, in the hotels was open again. Um, and they felt it was safe enough for people to, like, be back outside and all that good stuff. So – you know, we walked over, got dinner. Uh, dinner that night actually was not all that busy. We had to wait for a few minutes to get order food, but it wasn't bad at all. Uh, there was a significant amount of debris, um, like just kind of around property, like branches yeah. down, you know, kind of all that stuff. But nothing like super major. There was one tree that I saw that was like down, but that was it. Like what as far as like whole trees down, I only saw one. Um, but yeah, cool. then after that, it was friday through tuesday and the weather was absolutely spectacular it was like in the 80s and sunny and just no rain amazing for like the nice. next five days so i'm not saying i wanted to have to sit through a hurricane uh but it really made like because when we were going down there initially it was like gonna rain like every single day yeah and we just got a whole bunch of rain for two days and then five absolutely spectacular days after that which was pretty nice um, again, not saying I wanted to sit through a hurricane for that, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was kind of interesting to see for all of that. And then Disney was great, man. Like the one thing I will say that is challenging about Disney is they have like those old rides, right? Those classic rides that have been there for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And then they have their new rides. After riding the new rides, and it's been about, hmm, about a decade since I've been to Disney, 
after riding the new rides, it's really hard to go back to the old because <laughs> they're just not that good. Yeah. Now, some of them, I think, still hold up, like um, like Space Mountain and stuff and um, things things similar to that, I think, are still like, OK, because that's still just fun. Right. Like roller coasters in general, even if they're not the tallest, the fastest, whatever, it's still just a fun experience, even if it's not like, oh, my gosh, I'm so scared experience. Right. Like that's still just a fun time. Yeah. But like the fact that people wait like over an hour to ride Peter Pan. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm like, dudes, have you ridden Peter Pan? It's really not that exciting. In yeah. fact, it's probably like not. It's like the opposite of exciting, really. Right. But people do, right? Like Peter Pan, the line's like an hour all the time, right? And it just, I really don't understand. I will say Rise of the Resistance is, even as someone who isn't a huge Star Wars fan, we've talked about that on here before. Uh, there were multiple times in that ride that like my jaw was like dropped. Yeah. I was like, this is spectacular. Like this is next level. My goodness gracious. I don't know. Like I like you have set a bar now and your expectations are like expectations are high. This is gonna be rough to like maintain, right? Um the new Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster is spectacular. That's super awesome, super, super fun. Uh We'll talk about some of the acting in it probably with one of the actors later because some of the acting isn't isn't great. Yeah. Uh, but overall, the ride is really is a really good time. Uh, really good sense of place. Some really cool things that they do in that ride. Um, and then um, the new Avatar ride, Pandora Frontier, whatever the really cool yeah. one is, not the boat one, but the other one. That <laughs> thing is incredible. Like man, it's really ridiculous. Like the things that they do. I will say. The new roller coaster in Magic Kingdom, Seven Doors Mine Train. Hmm. Uh, that ride's not good. I will actively oh, say I don't like I liked, that ride. I like that one. Really? I think it is short. It's short. It The part that you're going through and seeing them mine, that part is cool. Otherwise, that roller coaster is less thrilling and shorter than basically any roller coaster I've been <laughs> on in my entire life. Okay. Now. If I recognize not every ride needs to be for me. That's fine. Right. I'm sure small kids and young kids love that ride. But nowhere in my world am I ever going to wait for more than 10 minutes to ever ride that ride again. <laughs> ever. Sure. Ever. Sure. Ever. Like even Slinky Dog Dash is way better than that roller coaster. <sighs> anyway, Josh. Okay. That's that all right. My th- that's fire at the, at the dwarves. <laughs> I just, it like, hmm. And well, I'll be honest, you know, yeah. part of my bit, we like, we paid extra to ride it, right? We used like the Lightning Lane mm. Plus thing where you had yeah, to pay. Yeah. I, that was the only time, that was the only time that I paid extra to ride a ride that I did not feel it was worth my money. Mm. So when you're already paying, you know, almost $200 for a ticket for the day and mm. then you're big, hey, I'm going to pay $17 more so I don't have to wait in line for yeah. 90 minutes to ride this roller coaster. If I had waited in line for 90 minutes, I would have been furious like yeah. i was mad that like i had like i was out the money <laughs> but at least it wasn't a huge waste of my time if sure. i had waited for that and then did it and then oh i would have been i would have been upset i've been super upset but how was i gonna know unless i did it right and like again Absolutely. if you like it that's fine that's totally cool um yeah i just <laughs> i just really really didn't like it <laughs> sure no worries so like it's i don't even yeah like it's i think it's worse than every other roller coaster other than maybe the Barnstormer at Magic Kingdom. Okay. <laughs> All right. you're, you're, Josh does not agree with my assessment. That is fine. I have no strong feelings one way or the other for this ride, so I, w- I won't fight you on it. <laughs> so, but I also am someone who likes, like, ride, ride. Like, I really yeah. enjoy, like, big, fast, ridiculous roller coasters. 
Um, I will say too, though, the, they have really, I feel like gone full into like that whole smart car technology of like what they have in rise of the resistance and like Remy's Ratatouille adventure and, um, the new Mickey and Minnie ride that replaced, um, the great movie ride. Like they've really gone like all in on that, which I understand it's really cool. And not that I ever got motion sick, but I can, but like Erica got like way more motion sick on those things than she did on any roller coaster. Oh, really? Yeah, especially on like Remy's Ratatouille adventure. She got super motion sick on that one. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, but otherwise, yeah, and she, I mean, she gets motion sick anyway, but that one, that was rough. Um, I did feel really bad though, because after we rode Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, we walked outside. There was a kid sitting on the bed right next to the ride, and he had like thrown up all over himself. I felt a little bad Ugh. for him. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, sorry, dude. That's not great. And there's one of the cast members sitting there with him, talking to him. So, yeah, that was rough. <laughs> but, but yeah, so Disney World was good. Um, it was, you know, being gone for off of work for two weeks is a long time to be off of work. So yeah. work has been very, very busy since I got back. Um, and then also trying to, you know, get – I did some work. I worked ahead a little bit for class, and now I had a little bit of catching up to do. And like I was telling you, I had a midterm due today and stuff. So it's been busy. Um haven't had a lot of time for gaming uh, and obviously didn't do much gaming while I was there other than a few board games. But yeah, overall, it was it was a fun trip. Glad I did it. The thing we got to figure out now, though, is because we missed two days where we were yeah. in our hotel, we still have two days left on our pa- our park passes Ah, because they don't refund you the money. They just extend it and say, basically, we have now until the end of September 2023 to use those two days. So now we got to figure out what we're going to do with that. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> so yeah so we'll see what happens long weekend short trip again i don't know we'll figure it out but um it was good the one thing i will say that is very disappointing about disney world as a whole um and i think you can see this even in disney as a company as a whole now uh everything costs something there's like yeah. no free anything anymore like everything costs something and some of it costs a whole lot of something um i I think that's just the tough part of that. You know that Disney is making money hand over fist and yeah. that they had, even though overall um, park attendance is down, mostly because of Disneyland, not because of Disney World, um, but overall park attendance is down. Uh, they still have made more money with their parks this year than they have like ever in history. Um, and that's because like, oh my gosh, everything is so expensive. And yeah. I can't imagine um, having a couple kids and trying to go there for a while. Like, I, I really can't even fathom the price. And like when I look at how much like our hotel was. Yeah. And like, yeah, you get transportation like on property for that. And you get like, you know, a half hour early open. But that's it. Like you really don't get anything else for that. And you're paying more for the hotel, more for the food at the hotel. Like it, it's a tough value proposition. Like it's a cool experience. I'm glad we went. Um, I had a lot of fun while we were there. I also know what the price tag was at the end of the day, and I probably have other ways I'd want to spend that much money in the future. Or yeah. there are things that we can do where we could likely go on multiple vacations for, for the, the price, price that we paid to do this. You know, yeah. so granted, we were there for a very long time, but yeah, it was. It's getting tough to justify the cost there, and again, it's a cool place. You know, it, everyone there's for the most part having a grand old time, um, but man, it is it is expensive holy goodness gracious so because when are yeah. you when are you and your family going i don't know maybe next year it really depends i i can't not think about the cost so i know exactly what you're talking about something i thinking about every day <laughs> yeah it just 
man. And I granted, like I said, it's been a really long time since I've been there, but even just like the simple fact of like you don't have free transportation from the airport anymore. So you have to pay now from the airport. And we didn't fly into um uh Miami or Miami, Orlando International. We yeah. flew into Sanford because that's like just the airport that we can go to. So like just getting from Sanford to and granted Magical Express wouldn't have counted then because they didn't have it going from that airport even when it existed. Like the price just to get from the airport to Disney was ridiculous. Like so yeah. yeah. Man, it's just so much money for everything. So Yeah. I I'd like to blame infa- inflation, but in this case I just blame greed. Corporate but, you know. Comp- yeah, like, corporate, corporate greed. That's, that's what I that's what I blame now. <laughs> But hey, you know what? I'll keep my you know Disney Plus subscription and all that other stuff, right? Yeah, there you go. That's a good reason. Just, when you cancel it, you put in the comments, just went to Disney World, can't afford for five can't, years. Can't afford <laughs> Disney Plus anymore I went to <laughs> Disney World. So, cool. Anything else about uh, life updates, Josh? Anything else you want to talk about before we you know move on to the actual podcast? And people are like, hey, we don't... I did read a comment the other day on a podcast, um, or somebody was commenting yeah. on a podcast. That someone talked about how like they stopped subscribing to the podcast because uh, they talked about um, the host talked about like their personal lives too much and that oh, they didn't well, care about that and then they were the just there for, for like <laughs> yeah I, I was like well that's, this is definitely not the podcast then for you that wasn't our podcast is a different one but yeah I was like I feel like if I want to I don't know like I pick the podcast I pick because of the personalities and like the things of the people of the hosts that I like to listen to. Yeah. So like, it's nice to know a little bit about like their lives and what's going on. And so I don't need to know everything about them. Uh, but you know, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I could get into more personal stuff, but nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, Hey, with that, thanks so much for joining us this month, everyone, as always, if you have any feedback questions or suggested topics, hit us up at board with Fiji on Twitter or check out all of the awesome stuff over on the Instagram. Also board with Fiji. We are proud to be part of the Place and Video Games podcast family, and we encourage you to check out all of the shows, like the PSVG podcast, the Nintendo Shack, and PSXP. You never know when a new show might pop up, so be sure to stay tuned to all your favorite PSVG podcasts to stay up to date. We're also a member of the Dice Hour Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast, as well as all of the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. So with that, Josh, hey, let's start talking about games, actually. What have you been playing, sir? Hey, let's talk about some games. Well, you know, I haven't, I don't know. I have, I haven't been in like the, like, I don't know the right word. I haven't been like feeling like I need to play games or there's not that game right right now that I'm like, yeah, I just want to sit down and pour hours into. Close uh, though, right? I mean, right around the corner here. Close. It's get, We're getting close. We're getting close. Um. So I'm still playing Forza Horizon Five because I'm still really enjoying all that Hot Wheels content and yeah, and still having a blast with that. I'm still playing, you know, Fall Guys here and there, and like my son asks me to. Um, but I really got back into Returnal again because I haven't played it since all the new patches and updates had come out, and yeah. I was just kind of feeling like I wanted to to pick it up and see what it was like with that like save state that it adds, lets you like pause your run Mm -hmm. um i think they made that game harder uh (laughs) it's kind of crazy there's a lot more other um people i'm running into like you know uh you'll stumble upon like a hologram of another player's character that died kind of like dark souls yeah and um i always engage with them sometimes you just watch their like uh 
hologram collapse and die, and then you can salvage their material, or you can, there's two options. You have to have enough of the things that I'm forgetting what they're called, orbs or something, shards. Uh, But sometimes they just collapse and then a giant boss spawns out of their dead body and you can't not accept it. It just happens. Oh, that sounds Uh, fun. (laughs) Yeah. So it's very challenging and it's like a, it's a pretty challenging boss. Um, But it's still a lot of fun. I'm still having fun playing Returnal. Um, I really do want to try co-op mode at some point because it's, it is now available in the game. Um, So I'm curious how that plays with two people. but I'm still playing it, still having fun. Uh, now, let's talk the opposite end of that. Uh, I I played Scorn. I'm very curious to hear your Game thoughts on Game Pass. This. this is that H.R. Giger-esque, um, necromorph-esque uh, game that is not an action game at all. In fact, it is a puzzle game. Yeah. Uh, I hate it. It is okay. terrible. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know what I don't like about it? Uh, I, I don't hate the puzzle a- aspect necessarily, but everything looks the same. Okay. So it is almost impossible to tell where you have been or mm-hmm. where you need to go. And I think the aesthetic's really cool. It's very creepy, but everything looks the same. And I, I was like, why am I wasting my time backtracking? And trying all these things over and over again when I have such limited time. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Maybe Scorn is a great game for some people, but uh, I just can have to know where my interests lie in, in puzzle games isn't it right now. Uh, to the extent that this is, this is like the Witness puzzle game. Oh, okay. Uh, so is it scary though? I've heard it's super scary. Uh, I would, it has scares in it okay I, I wouldn't call it super scary it's not like dead space okay so it's less scary than dead space it's more creepy i would say okay. than scary for me gotcha. uh, oh no yeah. okay okay that could be totally different I really uh, but was i also didn't put a lot of time into it either i put enough time in to know that it's definitely not for me okay i was really wondering if you were going to like this game or not because i've seen the the response to that game on the internet has been all over the place like some people are like it is amazing some people are like this game is horrible so i i was like sure, okay yeah where is josh gonna be on that very broad scale i didn't know where you were gonna be so well there i the am horrible, it sounds like. <laughs> um speaking of games I, I didn't put too much time into you but i did play overwatch 2 because well why the heck wouldn't i at least play it at least once uh I was immediately overwhelmed with how many characters I could choose from. (laughs) Um, I was also overwhelmed with choosing. uh, That's not class. Is it considered class in that game? Role. Role. I was. Yeah. yeah, I was a little overwhelmed with choosing my role. Um, You know, and then looking at other players and trying not to pick the same role because I do remember how important that is in Overwatch. Um, But I still had fun. What I played was still fun. It's Overwatch, right? It's still Overwatch. Uh, for me, someone like me, not someone like you. I know that it's different, but yeah. for me, I just played Overwatch and I had fun and it wasn't bad. And I have it on my Xbox so I can play with people when they want to play. But uh, nice. I don't know how much, you know, I'm going to be a very, very, very casual Overwatch player, which, right. 
you know, it's fine. If I just want to sit down and play something for 15 minutes, I'll maybe I'll play a match Overwatch. Maybe I won't. Yeah, uh, should. <laughs> We should be Blizzard friends because then you can play yeah. on Xbox and I can play on PlayStation. Yeah, absolutely. We should do that. I, I we must be. Uh, I am playing a game that was recommended to me by Donnie. I didn't really know anything about it. There was a demo out on Steam. It is apparently now free to play. Uh, so it is a free to play game that is called Undecembered. Do I know what that means? No. It's like every other month of the year. Uh, but, uh but it's basically a Diablo clone uh, to a degree. It has a little bit of like the Lost Ark feel. And like the free-to-play aspects leans more into Lost Ark than it does into Diablo. Um, where like you have a pet, you could have a pet eventually at some point. But it's like one of those games where it starts you off when you start playing the game with an ultra high level character. So you can kind of see where you can get to. Okay. And then it and then it dumps you into a, a created character and then you start from the beginning of the game. Um, you can be uh, a spellcaster, you can be an archer, or you can be a warrior type character, like sword, uh-huh. wand, or magic. What's happening? Sorry. <laughs> okay, I brought Steam up because I wanted to check out this game while you were talking yeah. about it, and I scrolled down because I was like, oh, maybe it'll just be like somewhere listed on here. Josh, the first game listed on the new and trending, um, because I don't have like... I'll just say I don't have any filters or limits on the games that the sure. that Steam will show, because we're a family friendly podcast. I can't even say the name of the first game on here, <laughs> so it just really threw me for a loop because I was not expecting that. So I apologize that I was on the homepage in the store. For in the store, yes. We must have different because uh... <laughs> everything else is is tr- traditional stuff. Because Scorn is on there, PGA Tour 2K23 is on there, Triangle oh, Strategy. Weird. I don't have I any have of a, that. I, oh, really? Well, I that have, is interesting then. On the new and I trending? I have Martyrs under Featured and Recommended. Uh, no, new and trending at the, towards the bottom. New and trending towards the bottom. Uh, do we have like, oh, oh, geez. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> okay. So like, I, I was like, yeah, I'm like, I don't think this is a me thing. <laughs> It's only five bucks. You got to buy it. Four dollars and sixty eight cents, Josh. If you click on it, Kyle, the video Uh that is playing, (laughs) (laughs) you have to you just have to click on it and look at what what it opens on. Okay. well, you know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Well, there's all sorts of you know what? There's games for everyone, Josh. There's games for everyone. But that's why I was so thrown off, because I was looking for this game, and that's when it came up. That is crazy. I can't. No, my goodness. All right. Exit. Exit. Uh, yeah. So undecembered. <laughs> uh, it's a fun. Really it's, I really enjoy it. Uh, it's by. It's developed by Needs Games. It's published by Lion Games. I'm not sh- familiar with either of those studios. It has single player. It has online PvP and co-op. It also has cross-platform multiplayer. I wonder what the platforms are that it's on. Uh, unless that means like Steam and Epic Game Store or something. Uh, but yeah, it, it is free to play, which I'm surprised by. But I'm actually really enjoying it a lot. It has a lot of uh, uh, some great Diablo vibes while like mixing it up a little bit. It looks really good. Um, so I'm having a lot of fun playing that one. Uh, uh, it, is, uh, it is a mobile game. Oh, it's also mobile. Okay. 
Interesting. Um, yeah, uh, still trucking along in our Gloomhaven campaign. We're getting closer and closer to the end, which is exciting. Getting ready for Frosthaven. And uh, we're, we're in our D&D campaign, which is a, a, it's a gothic setting. So we're dealing with like, you know, we're going to be dealing with like vampires and, and demons and stuff. Uh, and ghosts. We ran into a ghost in our last uh, thing who uh, may or may not have been holding a live or dead human child <laughs> or other Wait, do you type not of know child. Yet whether it we was don't alive know or yet. dead. We okay. haven't investigated the, the sack. What's the, what's the better situation there? <laughs> oh, I uh, we probably want the child to be alive, but I guess it doesn't really matter to our characters. <laughs> yeah. We are more concerned about, I think, probably the ghosts and what, one of what. What stupid thing one of us is going to say to it uh, to get it, make it angry, which usually is my character uh, who says something or does something they shouldn't be doing. Uh, but yeah, having a lot of fun with that as well. Uh, but that's all of my gaming. That's all my gaming in the past month. Isn't that crazy? It's probably a few things I missed, but that's, that's my ridiculous. notable gaming. No, I guess it isn't. <laughs> so, I mean, because I'm guessing that you've been playing Marvel Snap and some other things. Oh, yeah. Yep. I'm excited that by the time people listen to this, they can also play it. I know. I'm pretty excited about it, too. So, all right. So what have I been playing then? Uh, not a whole lot, to be honest. So I decided I really wanted to focus on trying to play some games that I knew I could complete. Um, so that was kind of been the, the theme, if you would. Uh, I know last month I talked about playing Toem. Um, I have now completely finished Toem, including the DLC for it, which is free. It adds like a, another like location you can go to. Uh, and you know what? That game is just darn delightful. It is so good. I, I really had a lot of fun with it. The puzzles in it aren't too complicated. There are some that are a little bit odd that the it's not a super straightforward solution all the time. But overall, really delightful little game. Uh, so if you have the opportunity to play it, it's on pretty much everything, if I recall. Um, it, it's really, really great. So if you're looking for something that can be finished in four or five hours, uh, that has like kind of this delightful, wholesome story, uh, it has kind of a neat little experience at the end of the game, uh, I really recommend it. I had a great time with it. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, if you're just, you know, playing something like Scorn and you just want something totally different, uh, Tome is wonderful. Uh, speaking of games that are totally different then, um, I also jumped into The Artful Escape, which obviously was out quite a while ago on Xbox and uh, is now on PlayStation and is also on PlayStation Plus Premium or one of the tiers. I don't even know. It's on one of the tiers. Uh, and that's how I played it. Um, but again, I was looking for something that was kind of short and to the point and i knew this game wasn't too long uh i knew some people really enjoyed it others were a little more mixed on it but i figured you know not gonna be that big of a commitment so i'll go for it there's way more story in that game than i thought there was going to be uh i i really did not anticipate there being much of any story and they are really trying to tell you a lot of story uh there's also i don't know i don't want to say we're gonna talk about voice actors a lot today i feel like <laughs> some of the voice actor choices like I, i'm like i don't know why you had that felt you had to get a you know a cele- quote-unquote celebrity to do this voice like i think you could have just gotten a voice actor and i've been great yeah because uh, i don't know that i it totally added anything but that's fine whatever you want to do uh and i will say i think that the storytelling and the message of the game was a little heavy-handed uh as far as what they're trying to do but overall i enjoyed the game i had a good time with it it was fun just to kind of play some gnarly riffs while you do some super easy platforming and kind of progressing through this through the game um i did get the platinum in it i got in toem as well just because after i finished the game i only had one trophy left to get so i was like well let's just go back and get that 
Um, that was not the intent of playing them, but I was like, well, it seems pretty easy, so we'll just go ahead and do it. So those, you know, were a couple games that I've been playing just because I knew I could get them finished up. Then, obviously, the other game, not surprisingly, that I've been playing is Overwatch 2. This is definitely the game I've played the most of, even though I haven't still played a ton of it in comparison to how much I played Overwatch. Um, I did play with Splig, though. Splig and I played Overwatch hmm. 2 one night, so that was pretty fun. Nice. Um, so what can I say about Overwatch 2? Number one. Obviously, maybe we'll talk about it more in news, or maybe we'll just cover it all here. I don't know. The launch of this game has been horrendous, right? Yeah. Like, Blizzard has fumbled this package in as many ways as you possibly can. Like, any mistake you can make, they have made. Uh, and it's pretty disappointing, really, because they ran multiple betas. Uh, they, they've had a long time, right? Like, Overwatch came out in 2016, yeah. um, and they've really not updated Overwatch in multiple years, you know, as they prepared for Overwatch 2. So they, they've had a lot of time to work on this and get this quote-unquote right, especially with running betas, theoretically. And sure, you could say that, well, they got they had DDoS attacks. That's fine, like, getting in. And I always know that, like, the first day or two of a launch is going to be a little... For an online game, it's always going to be a little rough. I wasn't even here. I was still in Disney World when it launched. So I didn't even get to play the first couple of days. Uh, but some of the things that they really just messed up is, is I don't want to say unacceptable because they fixed most of it at this point, but just really disappointing. Like progression for battle passes not working and like battle passes not being unlocked for people who already paid for them and heroes locking and unlocking um, and not having access to all of them. I thought it was interesting, Josh, that you mentioned that, you know, being overwhelmed by the hero choice. Cause if you go onto any of like the online forums for the game yeah. or like sub the reddits and stuff and the subreddits and stuff, like people are like angry that like new players don't have all the, the characters unlocked right away. You have to like play through the game to unlock them. And I was like, there's so many characters to like, you, you have so many characters to learn. Like who cares? Like, <laughs> you know, I, but again, that's probably cause I have them all unlocked. So that's, right. you know, um, the battle pass progression is pretty rough um, in, in the sense of, uh, it's going to take a long time to get through the whole thing, which is good for people who play a lot. Not good for people who um, don't have the opportunity to play as much like me. Um, I am fortunate that the new hero I had available immediately because I played the original Overwatch. So then you got it immediately. Uh, but if you hadn't played the original Overwatch, you have to like grind to like level 50 um, to be able to even use Kiriko, the new character. So that's a little disappointing and kind of how that works. Um, but yeah, and then you can just, the matchmaking is just weird right now. And I think it's going to take some time to get it all sorted out. And it, it just, I don't feel like I've been in a close game yet. Every game, for the most part, I'm on a team that gets absolutely destroyed. And then the next game I play and my team absolutely destroys the other team. It just yeah. goes back and forth. Like, it, it really doesn't feel like with all of the new players who have jumped in, because they did say they've had 25 million players already, which is way more than the original Overwatch had in the same time frame. Um, you know, I, I think with having clearly at least some new players in there, uh, it, it just is really imbalanced sometimes in some of those games. And there, I was reading this Reddit post the other day about people being like, don't be, is that it's not okay to get frustrated or be mean or or get upset with new players. And I agree, like you shouldn't be mean to other people, right? Like you definitely shouldn't do that. Um, but because of the nature of Overwatch, like it's really hard to not sometimes get frustrated because it is a game where it almost, it's very, very hard to solo carry, right? Like you, yeah. for the most part, like one person can't run out there and just like dominate. Now there's a few situations, especially with how this game is structured now, where I think that has changed slightly. Um, I think there is more ability for an individual carry than there used to be but when 
people are doing things that you're like, like we're just going to lose now, right? Like you went and did this thing and we are just going to lose this now because of what you cho- chose to do individually. That gets frustrating sometimes. And to be clear, I do that sometimes too. I overextend and die in a team fight. Like I do those things too. Like, so I'm not saying that it's just new players who are doing it, but you can clearly see when you're like, okay, this person has no clue what is going on or they're like trying to play a support and like have, you know, 900 healing or, you know, like you're like, okay, like there, there's some learning curves that are happening here, but why then necessarily are, are those people, why am I being, why am I playing with those people? Not right. that I don't want them to learn, but like no one communicates, like no one's using microphones. Like, so you can't even like try to positively reinforce and if you do, it's like, oh, you're being toxic. And it's like, well, no, I'm just being like, hey, can we group up so we can go do this thing together that might be more effective than if we just keep going in there and just, you know, trickling in and dying. Like, that's not going to do us any good. So let's, like, wait. Let's group up and let's go together. But then yeah. suddenly you're being toxic, you know? So it's like, oh, man. So it's actually been pretty frustrating for me. Um, and I'm trying to be a good sport about it and not be a toxic player because I don't want to be. Uh, but it's just hard when you have all of those things together where it's like, you're like, okay, this game, we're either going to roll or get rolled. <laughs> Let's be the rollers if we can, please. And, yeah. like, I mean, there have been games where, like, you know, I I have, like, just literally, like, we're on attack, and I, we go out, and, like, me and, like, one other person who clearly has played a lot of Overwatch, we just go out, and we just start rolling and pushing everyone. And, like, we, like, literally will take, like, the team will, like, be pushing the payload, and we're just walking forward, and, like, we're, like, meeting them at their spawn, and, like, just, like, team killing them at their spawn while like one person sits back on the payload yeah. and like it just like i said this will work out eventually it, it will get ta- itself taken care of but i mean there are literally games that i've had like 40 eliminations and like two deaths and like and that's <laughs> like playing the objective like that's just yeah. us like constantly like pushing forward and pushing forward and pushing forward and like just killing them in their spawn but then to be fair like i said people have done that to me too like it, it's not like it's like i'm being like oh i'm so good at this game like there have been games where i'm like i literally have like put my controller down and been like we can't even get out of spawn because there's there's no way for us to go like we we aren't going together like I, I there's nothing we can really do yeah um so yeah so it's been for me a, a bit frustrating um as far as playing the game goes because it's just not a ton of fun either way. Like absolutely rolling people isn't really great and getting absolutely rolled isn't super fun either. So like, yeah, maybe this will change with time, but it, it is, I don't want to be, <laughs> I'm not one of the people who's like, I miss loot boxes because those posts are showing up too. And I'm like, come on people, like <laughs> you should never miss loot boxes. <laughs> uh, but it it is feeling different right now. And maybe it's just one of those you like you like the thing you had you know now there's this new thing that's supposed to be better and you're like oh no it's not better because i played the old thing for so long and i just knew it was so much better um i'll get there but yeah it's it's a bit rough um right now so yeah overwatch 2 hopefully things like get better like i said i think part of it's going to be me having to get better part of it is frustrating too because i sometimes have no idea what i'm supposed to do i'm like okay this is a new map this is a new game mode I think this is how I'm supposed to like attack this. And I think this is what I'm supposed to do as far as like my positioning goes. And then you get completely flanked and owned. And it is tough right now too, because they remove a lot of crowd control, which is good. But then it means like, if you're a support and you get, you know, you have a really good Genji or a really good tracer, like if they're just better than me, like I'm just out of luck. Like there's just nothing I can do about it, you know? And that's fine. Like that definitely rewards the high skill players, but until matchmaking gets a little bit better about it, uh, it does make it not so fun all the time. So. Sure, that makes sense. So, yeah, but anyway, so that's mostly it for games I've been playing. 
Um, though lots of things like like we were saying, lots of things around the corner. Josh, I didn't realize that the next um, Dark Pictures game is until November. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. I thought we would have it for this month, but it's not going to be out for Halloween. I know that's a bummer. So anyway, with that, we will move on. Start talking about all the news, all the things that we want to talk about. I will say for board games, uh, most of the news, not 100% of it, but most of the news really is Essen focused. Mm -hmm. So the Essen spiel happened um, while in between, like our last recording and this recording, um, which if you're not familiar with it, Essen spiel is the um, biggest board game convention in the world. Happens over in Essen, Germany. Um, lots and lots of things get announced there. Lots of games are available for the first time there. A lot of news comes out. You see previews of games that are coming to Kickstarter. Like a ton of stuff comes to happen out of there. So the vast majority, there wasn't a ton of news before it, and there hasn't been a ton of news since. So it's all been kind. Of, it's all kind of like Essen stuff for the most part. So uh, with that, Josh, any particular stories that jumped out to you? Anything you want to make sure we cover? Anything that you're feeling like jumping into in the board game world? uh in the board game world well uh i mean you did such a good job at getting all these things together um something that i wasn't aware of uh that i actually am uh, pretty interested in is this um king of monster island oh yeah this uh essential follow-up to king of tokyo but now it is a co-op uh board game uh, it actually reminds me of Castle Panic, like when you look at the board. It has yeah. a pretty nice table presence, though. And uh, yeah, it's it's by Yellow. It's designed by Richard Garfield. It's for one to five players. And uh, yeah, King of Monster Island. It's uh, their first game that they've done in the King of Tokyo, King of New York series that's cooperative. Everything else is like a battle game. Uh, but now you uh, team up with one another, uh, as they say, temporarily um to battle a band of kaiju uh against well as a band of kaiju against a even bigger kaiju um they won the show in the picture is called the crystal dragon looks pretty cool uh yeah uh so they talk about the most immediate example of the perspective uh the new perspective of the game versus like smaller versus bigger monster is um Sorry, in action is the upcoming uh, game's board, which is a, has a volcano piece in the middle of the board. And during gameplay, the volcano is used to roll the dice that determine the actions. So it's a dice tower. Uh, by each of the enemy's monsters' turns, uh, and wherever the dice stop on the board... Okay, yes. Oh, okay, that's interesting. So wherever the dice do stop on the board, that's where the actions will take place. So I think that mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of, like, what this new dark tower board game is like as well. Yeah. It turns and moves. Um, but yeah, this sees the monsters uh, working together to defeat a bigger, badder monster. Uh, and it just seems really cool. I'm really intrigued by uh, how this game's going to play out. And is it really just going to feel like a reskinned castle panic meets King of Tokyo, or is there going to be a little bit more, uh, you know, in in the gameplay aspects of it, so I'm curious to see some gameplay and 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 uh, also the price point. What about you? Interested in King of Monster Island? I think so, right? Like King of Tokyo is a game I enjoy, but I don't get to the table very often, just because, especially two player, uh, King of Tokyo isn't like <laughs> super great. You know, yeah. it, like yeah. not the best thing there. So this is definitely would you know 
be something that would allow me to get it to the table or a similar feeling game to the table a bit more often. Um, I've always felt that the components and the production quality of the game was really good. Everything was really chunky and felt awesome. Um, I really like rolling dice, even though I'm bad at it. So yeah, there's a lot here for me to like. Um, it does sound like, you know, if you aren't a fan of King of Tokyo, that I don't know that it, it does seem like this isn't necessarily going to win you over, even though it's co-ops, so you really have to like the, you know, Yahtzee dice rolling style that King of Tokyo has with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it seems kind of neat. This was not a game I would have like put on my bingo card of like upcoming releases where you're definitely going to get a King of Tokyo co-op game. That's something that we need. Uh, but you know, Richard Garfield still doing his thing, still putting out, you know, what seemed to be cool looking games. Um, so yeah, so I'll definitely check it out. Uh, it's something I'll want to play. I don't know if I'll prioritize it significantly, um, but it is definitely something that I will at least be interested in um, once it is available as far as that goes. So, yeah. Um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about here briefly was uh, a game that I am a fan of um, in the sense of I have played it before. I really, really liked it. Um, and that is Terra Mystica. Uh, so Terra Mystica was supposed to get the sequel called Age of Innovation. Um, and this was supposed to come back originally back in 2021. And, you know, a little pandemic thing happened, yada, yada, yada. We haven't heard anything about it, really. And then at Essen this year, they said, hey, the game is still coming, but it's now it's coming out in 2023. Um, and this is coming from Capstone Games, the same folks who did like Arc Nova, the original Terra Mystica, Gaia Project, kind of all of those sorts of games. Um, so, Josh, my first question for you, remind me, have you played Terra Mystica? No, but I do own it. Oh, okay, excellent. So you own it, but have not played it. So there is another game called Terra Nova that's coming yeah. out, which is supposed to be a little more streamlined, a little more, I don't want to say easier, but I will say less complex version of Terra Mystica. So that's supposed to still be out this year. It's called Terra Nova. And then this Terra Mystica um, Age of Innovation is actually supposed to be a heavier game than the original Terra Crazy. Mystica. Which is already like a 3.6 or something like ridiculous like that on Board Game Geek. Yeah. So Josh. If you had, to, I think I know the answer to this. If you had to pick one of the two to play, either a heavier Terra Mystica or a lighter Terra Mystica, which one would you choose and why? I would choose the lighter one because heavy games. Oh, I almost said are stupid, and that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, if I had all the time in the world, I would happily set up a heavy game, leave it on the table, and play it when it's when it works but i don't have any of i don't have space for a big table i don't have a big table to leave things set out on i got two cats and i don't have time so yeah uh it's gonna be light just like how i play games on uh, easy mode now <laughs> uh uh not not exclusively but you know if there's a game i want to get through it's going on easy um i really appreciate games that are heavy and difficult because that means there's a lot of work going into designing these games. Uh, so I appreciate that about them. But uh, I don't play Dark Souls for a reason. And I won't be playing the Dark Souls board games for a reason. Uh, whether they're heavy or not, the idea of, of the punishing cruelness of some of those games. I just uh, I want to feel happy when I'm done playing a game. Okay. And I don't know necessarily... Like if we sat down and played Terror Mystica, right, for four hours, yeah, how am I coming out feeling at the end of that? Whether I win or lose, I don't, I don't know. 
Um, I might feel great. I've definitely played games where I spend a lot of time playing them. Mm-hmm. Um, I just have, I don't know. I don't know that I even have a necessarily like a bad history with heavy games. I think my bigger issue with heavy games is hoping I worry too much that everyone is having a good time. Uh, yeah. And, and I don't know. I don't know. Maybe my experience with heavy games is that, that, that is that maybe that people haven't always had fun playing them. So I go light cause why not? Yeah. No, <laughs> I think light is it. <laughs> yeah. Light is a good, is a good answer. And I, I really like Terra Mystica. Now I will say admittedly, I've not played Terra Mystica in a number of years. Um, so it, it has been a bit, um, but I, I really do like the game. And for me, it was always, I was kind of explained it as uh, Catan on steroids, right? Because okay. like you are like similar to how in Catan, you're like building roads to like build things and like kind of, kind of connecting your cities and your settlements and all that good stuff. You're doing the same thing in Terra Mystica. Like you are like building settlements and all this good stuff. But the um, big thing that's like different here is you play a different uh, class and those classes have terraforming abilities and like only certain and then there's like a cycle of like what terraforms to what so like you might start like as a halfling which is like on a plane and i think like deserts like with one terraform can become a plane and you can only build on planes so then it's like this added level of like okay not only do i have all these different types of buildings and all these different types of settlements that i also then have to look at the board look at all the different you know terrain that's on the board and figure out how much my terraforming ability is and how fast or how far i have to terraform these things to be able to build a society that i'm looking for um so it's complicated like it, it is a crunchy thinky game um it is a game that from what i recall like you never really know if you're winning until the end so like at least you're not like halfway through being like well there's no way i'm gonna win uh, maybe even though that would be better but i really like it i'm excited about trying to play something that's even heavier than it but i like i said i probably should play um <laughs> the original again just to see if i still truly believe that um but yeah there's something we were looking at when we were talking about future vacations the partner and i uh we were watching the dice tower retreat vlog yeah and i was like you know we could just go play board games for a week like we could totally just do that and like that to me seems like the perfect place to be able to go and play these really long crunchy games because there are people who are like on our like eight of like twilight imperium fourth edition right yeah. like it's like i'm never gonna do that at home like that's never gonna happen at my house but if i went to a if i went to a board game convention that's really focused on playing board games i could do that you know yeah. so anyway i'm really excited about it you know i like i said the I always called Terra Mystica Catan on steroids while they're saying that Terra Mystica Age of Innovation is Terra Mystica on steroids. So we'll see how it is, but I'm pretty super stoked. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty stoked about that because I do love me some crunchy games. Um, Any other games, any other board game news you want to talk about, Josh? Yeah, I want to talk about Dorf Romantic, the board game. Oh, yeah, Dorf Romantic. They previewed it at Essen. Um, It is one to six players, which I think is awesome. And... Talking about you talking about Catan on steroids. Well, this is mm-hmm. Carcassonne on steroids, yeah, uh, to a degree. Um, so what we what we now know, we know a little bit more about Dwarf Romantic, the board game. Um, and what you might not know about the video game is basically you are setting up geographical features like villages, forests, rivers, train tracks, and fields of grain, and you can kind of score them like how you would score them in like an open field in Carcassonne, right? Connecting or cities or 
or castles or whatever you want to call them in Carcassonne. Um, but you also, in the game, you'll be rewarded by reaching a certain distance away from the main scoring area. So you want to get like a certain amount of like train tracks to get more points and build out towards this tile that will unlock a new tile in future games. So what they're bringing to this board game is a campaign mode, which offers, uh, which has five packages inside the box that you unlock by moving along branching progression paths like that are in that game. Uh, so I like that because not only does this add a little bit of like, it's like kind of legacy effect to the game, but you're also still playing cooperatively. I believe it's still cooperative. Uh, I don't think it's competitive. Yeah, it is cooperative. Score. Um, but they also have like little tokens for um, extra points for connecting a certain amount of wheat fields and things like yeah. that. So uh, I'm excited to see, you know, where where this game goes. I hope it gets this game in more people's hands. It's coming out on the Switch. Either it's already out or coming out very soon as well. Um, and it's coming to the U.S. next year in board game form by Pegasus Spiel. So uh, I'm excited that we got to see a little bit more about the game and, and find out more about that campaign mode. Yeah, I'm excited for that game. Um, I wonder a little bit about the fiddliness of it, yeah. because I think one of the reasons that that game works so well on PC, even though or on Switch or as a video game, is that even though it is very board game inspired, like having the randomness come up of like, hey, you know, now you have to connect 115 forests, you know, like yeah. having that like happen within the game, I, th- I think is something I wouldn't want to necessarily. I'm not as excited to, d- to deal with on the tabletop. Doesn't mean I won't, uh, just not as exciting. But the campaign in it actually really makes me um, more excited or to, to pick that game up. Because sure. otherwise I was like, well, you just shuffle things together and see how far you can get. I don't know if I want to deal with that, but the campaign definitely makes me more interested. So. All right, Josh. So here's my question. Did you ever yeah. see this coming? That's right. Persona 5 oh. <laughs> is getting its own board game slash in this game co-op card game. Uh, and it is coming from another other than friend of the show, Emerson Matsuchi, um, who will be designing it. Um, this is being published by Pandasaurus Games. Um, expected Q4 2023, so end of next year. Um, but like I said, it's a co-op card game um, based off of the much beloved uh, JRPG. Uh, Josh, so number one, uh, from what I know, I don't believe you to be a Persona fan or a Persona 5 fan. But from what I know of you, you are an Emerson Matsuchi fan. Yeah, so that's an understatement, yeah. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so is that enough to get you to jump into a Persona 5 card game? Josh, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think it's enough to get me to try Persona 5, which okay. is weird jumping into the Persona series at number five, but I'm sure it can be done, right? I mean, the games are standalone in the sense of story, characters, all that stuff. So you can 100% do that without an issue. Themes and like some of the, the general ideas from game to game stick out. Some gameplay yeah. things go from game to game. But the stories themselves, totally different. So you can totally jump into Persona 5 if you want. Wouldn't this be a great game to play during my extra life uh, stream? <laughs> it would, because when does it hit Xbox Game Pass? I don't know. 
because uh, that was one of the reasons I asked what your the date of your of the of extra life was because I was going to compare it to October twenty first. There I you can go. Play it. <laughs> so you can play it during extra life, Josh. Look at that! I'm going to play it for Emerson, and I'll make fun of it relentlessly if I hate it while I'm streaming. <laughs> well, and Josh, to be clear, yeah, Persona is Persona Five specifically. Yeah, is one of those games where like you are still getting tutorials ten hours into the game. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm just letting no, I'm you know. sure I'm gonna love it. <laughs> there are things that are still revealing them to yourselves, like ten hours in, where you're like, "Oh, okay, so that's how this works." I'll give it a shot. We'll see. But yeah, I, I, we, we did. I wouldn't say we had a little heads up. We had like, uh, we found out about this at the same time the world was finding out about this, which is still nice to get that email, um, because that makes me feel. Nice, warm, and fuzzy inside that Emerson is still thinking of us enough to send us an email I know, on the right? day that his game is announced. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to see what he does with it. Um, I think, I believe, from what I understand, it's really kind of just a retheme of his uh, pre-existing Halloween card game, uh, which was his first game he ever made. So I, I believe that this is a, a re skin of that game and i could be totally wrong um and probably am totally wrong but i believe that to be true because have they really announced um any because they really haven't announced any details about it yet yeah i think i read that i think i read it somewhere um i could be totally wrong too but i think i read that it was a retheme or like a retooling maybe it's not a retheme but taking parts of his uh, game and, and making them this game. That could also be true as well. Uh, anyways, that being said, it doesn't really matter because I love Emerson's games. And, uh, you know, theme is also important in games. I uh, I mean, we talk about that a lot. Um, but that theme won't, of a game I'm not interested in won't keep me from trying a game from my favorite publisher, my favorite game designer. So I'll still try it for sure. In fact, I'll probably be able to um, meet Emerson at the local uh, gaming convention next year and play it to know like if I will be interested. Yeah, because I, I was looking up his first game because I was like, I can't remember the name of it, but it's just Tricks and Treats. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. But it is a um, it is not a cooperative game and it is a push your luck bluffing card game. OK, so, so yeah, so it's probably it may, uh, Yeah, I don't know. So it, uh, it very well could be like have like some dna from this from that game but definitely it seems like since this is going into a co-op card game at least some of that will have to be adjusted and tweaked to to fit but yeah if you look at uh, his you know recent games really i mean his games since what 2015 specter ops crossfire century spice road volt um reef century eastern wonders um (laughs) rip metal gear solid the board game (laughs) century um a new world um her story, Foundations of Rome. Like, I mean, he 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 makes some good games. He does, yeah. Um, so I'm really, I am really excited about this game. Um, Persona Five is a game that I've played multiple times uh, and never finished because I get a, a a healthy way into it. And you know, I, I while I'm pretty good at finishing 40, 50, and sixty hour games, it's really really hard to finish one hundred hour games. Um, <laughs> very hard and realistically like when i look at like i have like 100 hours in like assassin's creed valhalla 
but that was over the as over the course of years and I, the, what i've always struggled with in persona is trying to go back to those games when you take some time off for me has always been very very challenging I forget how to do things. I forget where I am with like my the relationships I'm trying to build and like what day of the year it is. Like all that stuff is is challenging for me to remember. But I love the worlds. I love the characters. I love the music, especially. It's all awesome. Obviously, the music isn't going to be part necessarily of this one, but I'm really excited to kind of see what Emerson is doing with this and what the game is going to look like. Um, I will likely pick it up no matter what um, because the designer and the theme. So I'm a sucker for it that way, but I'm pretty stoked. And this was not a game that I was anticipating. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm pr- pretty excited that it exists. So, uh, Any other board game news you want to talk about, Josh? We have many stories left, but we also don't have to touch all of them because we obviously still have video game news to cover as well. We, I mean, we sh- we can talk about Splendor uh, Duel, which I think is uh, uh, exciting, I guess. I mean, anytime like a Duel game comes out, I think it gives me more of an option to... like It seems more enticing to the wife to play so right we both love splendor so this is uh exciting and to see like dicebreakers headlines saying that it's meaner and better than the original makes me (laughs) makes me uh, excited to to give it a shot um but yeah like uh so we have splendor duel of course it's one of like a bunch of new like two-player variants of classic games that have been coming out um I was just looking at Twilight Inscription yesterday. That's a, a two-player rolling rate of yep, Twilight Imperium, right, yeah. I think. Um, uh, but yeah, so Space Cowboys, the people who made Splendor, are also designing this with Bruno Catala and Mark uh, Andre. And uh, the main gameplay remains the same as the original, to the, to the, mostly, uh, where players are competing by acquiring victory points from various cards found in the game, you still pick up and use jewel tokens to gain cards um, with more point-heavy cards requiring a larger number of jewels. However, uh, as they say, that's where the similarities end. Uh, While the original uh, restricts the number of jewels you can take depending on whether they match, uh, in this game you can take um, whatever you want. They... they, they, uh, they do enforce restrictions in other more challenging ways, as they say. Uh, but all the jewel tokens uh, players can take on their turn are laid out on the board that's filled um, in an order indicated via a spiraling arrow that begins in the very middle. Um, and jewels are selected randomly from a felt bag before they are placed along the spiral until the board is completely full. And then you take your jewels um, from the board in a specific manner. So it's kind of really turning that on its head where you have to take certain jewels just to get to other jewels you might want, but you're also opening up to the other player. Um, perhaps they want that same jewel as you. So I, I kind of like that take, uh, making it a little bit more tricky to get the jewels you need to fulfill your your cards. And uh, it just seems very interesting. So uh, small board, so it doesn't look like it's going to take up a lot of table space. I'm excited to check it out. How do you how you feel on on uh, Splendor Duel? You know, I at first in my mind when I heard about this, I kind of wrote it off because I was like, "Why do we need a two player version of Splendor?" But then I was like, "You know what? I really like Seven Wonders Duel, so I probably should not just write this game off, uh, right. even though it'd be like really easy for me to do so." Um, 
so I'm interested in it. It's not high on the list. I, my partner is not a huge Splendor fan. Like Erica likes it, but she's not like, oh my gosh, Splendor. Yeah. Um. So I think if it's on sale at some point, I would I would pick it up. Uh. But we have enough two player games that she really likes as is. So I I don't know that it, this is going to be an immediate add to the collection. Uh. But it is something that uh I am key. I will keep an eye on it for a good price. Um. To potentially add to the collection. So. Um. I'm going to sidetrack really quick here. So Twilight yeah. Inscription, the Roll yeah. and Write Twilight Imperium game that you had mentioned. Yeah. Josh, if you had to take a guess, what do you think the weight of that game is? Because I'll be oh, honest. Boy. Let, let me give you a, a, my why I brought this up. When I heard Twilight, Twilight Inscription, Roll and Write game set in the Twilight Imperium universe, my assumption was they were trying to make a more accessible, approachable Twilight Imperium game. No, I think the box still said like 60 to 120 minutes. Uh, it's 90 game. to 120 minutes oh, 90 for, the, to 120. for the length. And it's for one to eight players. Oh, okay. So it's not two players. Okay. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, one. it's got to be around a three, right? Two, seven, five. 3.19, Josh. The number of things in this box, I'm like, it's a roll and write game. There can't be that much stuff. There's so much stuff in this box, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Okay. So I do want to talk about this one thing, though. And I'm going to ask you not to click on the story if you've already heard. Have you heard about Magic's new set that they're releasing? uh no okay then then don't don't click on anything just go with it so magic has announced they're releasing a 30th anniversary set basically sure um and they're going to reprint classic cards in this print with in this set with new borders and kind of all that stuff and that's important because they want to ensure that some of these classic cards that the value of those cards don't decrease because one of the cards that is included in this set is a black lotus okay which theoretically was on the limited uh, was on the restricted list, which meant that they weren't going to um, reprint the card. But now they yeah. now apparently there was a reason some wording specific that showed that showed why this isn't breaking that promise. But anyway, so this is what they're releasing. It's got a, this retro fr- this frames and all this other good stuff. Okay, um, these are coming out in thirtieth anniversary edition box that will include four booster packs of these reimagined cards. Okay, so random assortment, four packs of random cards in this box. Josh, how much do you think this box of four packs is? I don't know, hundred bucks. <laughs> Nine hundred and ninety nine dollars. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Josh, they're they are literally making a one thousand dollar retail product that is four booster packs. Well, it's a good thing we're not in like a recession or anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I just I I couldn't believe it. Like I, um, now, the the goal I think Hasbro is who owns Wizards of the Coast. Their goal is that they want to make Wizards a one billion dollar company. And apparently this is the way they're going to do that is by charging $1,000 for four packs of cards. Now, granted, Black Lotus is sell for way more than that. Um, but yeah, that's, but these know, ones won't market. be worth that much. Right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, they're they're just collectibles. You can't use them in tournaments, There's no, and which is why they say it's different because even in like – legacy tournaments that allow like the use of like a black lotus and things like that like these will not be legal in those so these are literally just for as a collector's item um but thousand dollars josh for four packs of booster cards 
Oh my goodness. I don't have anything else to say about it other than that that was it. I just wanted to be like, yo, thousand dollars, four packs Damn. of extra cards. Uh, oh, but also, you know, they are uh releasing some new um oh, there's a very specific thing. Uh their next universes beyond sets that are coming out um is gonna have Assassin's Creed. And there's also an Assassin's Creed tabletop RPG coming. So, you know. Uh, top, there's just a whole bunch more Assassin's Creed coming in a whole bunch of different ways. So there we go. Oh uh, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, well, I think that probably can then wrap up. Actually, you know what? I want to talk about one more story. I know this is where I'm going to do go inside baseball. Josh has to take a brief break, but yeah. I'm going to talk about one story that I don't think he cares Perfect. about while he does that because I'm going to talk a little bit about the chess world. And I'm going to talk about <laughs> exactly. So Josh is going to go do it. Take it right quick. Yeah. And I'm going to talk a little bit about chess because I am really shocked right now that we are sitting in a time and place when we have a chess grandmaster and Magnus Carlsen accusing Hans Niemann of cheating um, in chess. Now, if anybody follows the chess world, uh, you know that, you know, cheating in chess is something that has always been talked about in the sense of like, if you're really hard to catch someone in an over the over the table game, like how do you cheat in chess over the table? Um, but online, you know, kind of all things are available to people, right? If you're playing chess on a computer, you have the opportunity to, to cheat at your fingertips, right? Um, so we're in a situation now where Magnus Carlsen has officially said he believes that Hans Niemann is cheating at chess. Now, um, Magnus Carlsen, probably one of, if not the greatest chess champion ever to ever live. Um, he is... Uh, <laughs> uh, kind of untouchable in the world of chess as far as he not that he never loses these days but um his accomplishments are second to none um he definitely has one of the highest ratings ever he's going for the highest rating ever trying to get the, you know achieve the highest rating anyone's ever had in the chess world as far as his mmr goes uh and he really is kind of it in the chess world and hans Dieben is this up-and-coming american who is very very young um and really accelerated his game very very quickly in the late you know 20 teens um, to kind of now be at the place where he's competing at, at a high level. Um, but, you know, there has been some investigations by chess.com, which have shown that maybe, no, not maybe, that Hans Niemann did cheat in some um, online games, but he's also still winning over the table. He's winning when he goes to matches and, and playing other, you know, chess grandmasters. He's winning games. Um, and Magnus Carlsen has now said that he believes that Hans Niemann is a cheat and that he does not play games genuinely and that his skills and abilities and successes are not, are not coming to him um, through reasonable means. And I will just be very curious to see where this story goes. If you aren't someone who follows chess, um, I encourage you to check this out because this is just, this is like the top basketball players or the top NFL players or the top, you know, major league baseball players accusing like one of the the best player accusing someone else who's also a, a phenomenal player of cheating right like this just doesn't happen this isn't something that you see um so there's a lot of stories about it there's a lot of analysis of it there's a lot of really great especially chess youtube channels that you can follow that are kind of breaking this down um the u.s chess champions are, chips are happening right now or we're just wrapping up um and hans demon is playing at them and doing very well you know over the over the board so um, or over the table. So if you're interested in what it's like to have, you know, two of the best people at something, or at least one of the best, the one very, very good at something, uh, kind of um, call each other out. Uh, it's worth taking a look at. So, uh, Josh, I know you're not a fan necessarily of the chess world, but what do you think about, you know, kind of greatest chess player ever status person 
you know, publicly calling out someone who's a really good chess player and being like, nah, they're a cheater. Like, can you can you think of a situation where that's happened like in professional sports or like anything else where someone has just blatantly said, like, no, this other person, they are a cheater. Do they have proof? Well, in this case, kind of. <laughs> uh I don't know. I mean, I live in New England, so I know what that's like uh, (laughs) for like six years of my sports loving life for people to uh, blindly accuse people of cheating with no proof. Well, I mean, come on. Those balls were deflated. Let's not get into it. (laughs) Those balls were deflated. They're recording practices. We know know what those New England Patriots did to win Super Bowls. Yeah, I know. It's clear. Everyone who's ever thrown a deflated football knows how real real well those travel in the air. Hey, you know, like I said, clearly, yeah, <laughs> irrefutable evidence. It irrefutable would have made more evidence. sense for them to put little ball bearings in it. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, with that, then we will move on to video game stories slash news slash things that we want to talk about. Josh, anything jumping out at you in the video game world? I honestly was super disconnected from the video game world, so I made a few stories. I feel like maybe not that much happened, but a few really big things happened. You... I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. You said that. You're like, hey, I've been a little disconnected if you want to add some video game stories. And I was like, sure. And then you have like 10 video game stories in here. Well, you know, I just <laughs> I just looked for stuff. So I don't know. We like, already talked about how Overwatch, we, t- we talked about how Overwatch 2's launch sucks. So we don't need to talk about yeah. that anymore. Um, so <laughs> that was bad. And that was sad. Um, but what else do you want to talk about, Josh? Well, I guess let's start with some breaking news. Yeah, let's uh, do it. <laughs> Uh, Comcast has decided to shut G4 TV down. Uh, Wait, I thought you said we were starting with with, oh, you said breaking news, sad news. Okay, (laughs) I did say sad news for me. Okay, Uh, yeah. uh, From this is from Deadline uh, from Comcast uh, chairman and CEO Dave Scott. Uh, Basically says, you know, as we uh, as you know, G4 was reintroduced last year to tap into the popularity of gaming. They invested, reinvested to create the new G4 as an online and TV destination for fans to be entertained, to be inspired, and connect with gaming content. Uh, but it is with a very difficult decision to discontinue G4's operation effective immediately. That's like right now. And that's uh, Wario64 tweet. And one of, or the, one of the first responses, or the first, was from staff member Gerard, the completionist, saying, hey, this is how I found out I have lost my job. How neat. So Comcast couldn't even be bothered to let their talent or staff know before this got out that they were letting everyone go immediately, uh, which makes me sad because I didn't get into the exploit side. Um, you know, I thought that wasn't for me. You know, they were definitely had their different their style and they let a, a, some talent go and brought some new talent in to try to fix that. But uh, I just, I thought the attack of the show was still very much like the original attack of the show in some ways. And it was fun to go watch them talk about news topics, even when I didn't agree with them always uh, on certain things and see them get excited about movie trailers and talk about stuff like that, or doing episodes called fresh ink where they would cover like all the Marvel shows and give you a lot of information on these shows that you wouldn't know outside of searching for more context. Um, so I'm really going to miss that kind of stuff. And I still have a fondness for some of the new talent that they brought in. Uh, 
the writing was kind of on the wall for a while, but when Kevin Pereira left about three weeks ago, you could kind of see like, uh oh, like right. Kevin knows what's going on uh, as well. So it's real sad to see that happen. So, you know, G4, you lasted a year. So I guess good on you. Uh, but, you know, that's tough. They they took a, a different approach to the content they were trying to make. They wanted it to be on TV, so they did that. Uh, but, you know, their content was just uh, not appealing to this crowd now. So it's a bummer for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a st- uh, story about this on the Washington Post, Josh. Yeah. And it says that um, expenditures for guest talent appear to have played a role in the closure. According to multiple G4 employees interviewed by the Post, some high-profile creators demanded day rates of twenty-five to $30,000 when invited to appear as guests on G4. Whoa. Is that like how when a lot of beers was on and stuff like that? That's all it says. That that's all it says. Well, I, that's when you say no to those people. <laughs> right? Like, no, I'm not paying you that much money. We don't pay our voice actors that much money. <laughs> Goodness gracious. That's like a, that's a crossover right there. That's a news crossover. Um Josh, so a lot of the sentiment online mm. is negative. It, well, negative in the sense of people. <laughs> like, no, no, let, let me be clear with everything I'm about to say. Yeah. This is a horrible way to find out you lost your job. I am not going yeah. to dispute that in any way, shape, or form. Okay. But here's my question for you, Josh. At what point, like, have we hit the point where theoretically now, like, if you are wanting to work in games, quote unquote, journalism, media, whatever you want to call it, like, you just have to know this is probably going to happen at this point, right? Like, GameSpot and Giant Bomber just sold again. So who knows what's going to happen there, right? Like, other than IGN, like, who, who has this not happened to, right? Like, yeah, it seems like the real only viable market for games media, if you're not at IGN and GameSpot for now, who knows what will happen now with, their, with them being purchased by fandom, I think is who it was. Yeah, um, is people who are running like community focused Patreons, right? When you look at Easy Allies, when you look at Kind of Funny, when you look at Min Max, when you look at those sorts of groups, those tend to be the ones that are sustainable. Everything else doesn't seem like it is. Right. So what's a person to do? Like, what are you what are you supposed to do if you want to work in games media, Josh? I, you know, I don't know. I, I think that uh, you people shouldn't have to worry about losing their job if it's a job they enjoy doing ever. I mean, even yeah, if it's not I, a job I, they enjoy doing. Like, everyone's searching for job security and... Right. And it, it it does it does kind of stink. Like gaming is not going anywhere. It there's always going to be a need for gaming news and information and reporting. And you know, I don't blame any of these people for, uh, like you might say, like you these people worked at G four and the writing is on the wall, yada yada yada. But imagine going into work every day trying to do a good job, but also thinking it's the last day you'll be working. That's not conducive to a healthy work environment either so i feel bad for people who can't just go to work and do their work without having to worry about if they're going to get paid in a week and now you have a whole i don't know how many people work at g4 but a couple hundred at least now you have all these people who 
thought they just dodged a bullet because G4 just let go a bunch of people. Right. And they thought, okay, I made it. They got rid of some of the people that cost a little bit more money to keep us around longer. And now it's like, oh, no, it was just like the like little speed bump before the wall at the end of the road. And we were still on that train when it happened. So I, I just feel like it sticks. That's all. I mean, I don't have an answer. Right? You you want to have a job where you can do what you're passionate about. And these people do it well, regardless of well, they do it better than I think I could do it on national television or even in written form. Like they're doing a lot of work uh, for something that we would probably consider like a dream job. Like, oh, I get to go and talk about video games, comic books all day and I'm going to get paid. That's cool. And then all of a sudden gone right but that's like exactly my point like i'm not saying that these people should have known but i'm saying yeah. with everything that has happened with um oh because what's um oh crap i know i know i like, know what you mean like two, two or three yeah. weeks ago like yeah. you know layoffs were happening again as well like moving forward like if you are wanting a job as working in media for games yeah like how I don't know how you do that without just assuming you're going to get laid off at some point at the, right. forward, right? Like, the, it, do you just have like, do you just have to assume that's what's going to happen now? Because it, I guess it you seems have to like, be okay with it, right? Because I, I, there's no way I could do that. I could never like go work at a job where I, I know that there's a very real possibility I'll be laid right. off. Period. Right. And I'm not saying it should be that way. I just like, I don't know how I would be able to like go forward and be like, oh, I'm going to go work here yeah. now and not just assume I'm going to get laid off in a year. You know, yeah, like, no, you're right. You're right. I agree with you. And I know that um, like a lot of jobs in film are very much the same way. Right. You get a gig and then you don't work yep. and then you're constantly searching for another job. Right. Uh, at least if you're not talent, right? If you're like an editor or cinematographer or gaffer or whatever. Those people are constantly looking for more work. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's a tough job. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think the secret is then to make games media profitable, right? Because like, if G4 was making money, they would still be around, right? Like, if all yes. these sites were still, like, you know, if Game Informer was still making money, the, the last layoff of Game Informer wouldn't have happened. Like, yeah. you know, and obviously that's a, also connected to GameStop, so that's something more there. But, like, Clearly, these sites are not making money because if they were, the layoffs wouldn't happen. So, like, is that "quote unquote" traditional website game analysis? Like, is that just not marketable anymore? Is that just not the the route to go these days? I guess I don't know how Kotaku is still alive the way they have been. Uh, uh, I I think you might be right. Maybe Patreon is a good way, or Kickstarter is a good way to go about that. Like Dice Tower does their annual Kickstarter, and right. Tantrum House does theirs, and Dicebreaker does theirs like maybe crowdfunding is the way to go because at least your fan base is the one who's supporting you and you're not relying on internet trolls to jump in your streams and harass you or to you know do stuff like that where you can just be like okay this is my fan base this is how much money I know I have to work with in a given year or month and then and then cater your content around that yeah. Um, but for a lot of these people, they'll have to get a full time job and do that. Yeah. I won't be yeah, able to do like, it. How do you how do you start doing that unless you already have a name? Right. Like you're not going to be able to sustain yourself unless you already have a name. So. Yep. yep. And that's hard. Yeah. Uh, you know, I feel for them. I feel for anybody that has to go through that. Uh, that's tough. It is just so baffling that an industry that makes so much money yeah. that like this side of the industry just can is not sustainable. And that just is 
Rockstar could literally blink and pay all of GeForce costs and get them funded for a full year. I'm not saying that they would do that, but like that's how much money is in just Rockstar's corner of gaming. Right. Like there's so much money in gaming. (laughs) Yeah. But the difference being, right, like Rockstar makes all that money back when they publish a game. Yes. Where they would not make that, clearly would not make that money back from G4. G4. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and that's what's sort of just mind-blowing about it that there is so... It just is so challenging for to make it unless you're like IGN, GameStop, or GameSpot. Uh, the fact that those two are so close has always been a horrible thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, yeah, or you're one of those really strong Patreons that has its base, and it's never going to set the world on fire. It's never going to make millions and millions and millions of dollars, but it makes enough to kind of keep going and doing its thing. So, So there we go. All right, Josh, anything else you want to say about G4? I know you're a big fan, so I'm very sorry that uh, G4 is, has, has met its demise. I was trying to turn my camera so you could see my cat losing her mind. <laughs> she's very she's very broken For up. For no about reason. G4. <laughs> about G4 as well. So, um, <clears throat> One thing that I wanted to, to bring up, Josh, because I think it's a very, very uh, important, critical like question. Um, yeah, I love critical questions of our time like this is gonna be one of those things that i think is gonna really potentially uh be one of the talking points of gaming moving forward uh gia watch that there uh super mario brothers movie trailer josh <laughs> you know i have uh-huh and what you uh, think <laughs> what did i think yeah. about the trailer and then it looked really cool to be honest with you yeah <laughs> uh no complaints. I'm going to send you a link, and I want to know if you have seen this. Okay, let's see. Let's open this link. You could probably play it, too. Can you play it on I your have, end? Or? I have seen that, yes. Oh, you have seen it. Okay. <laughs> my friend shared it to me. It blew my mind. Uh, uh, yeah, I, you know, I'll say this. I'll say a few things. Um, when... I watched a trailer. I really, really liked the beginning. I think the Jack Black's voice fits perfectly with how they yeah, I think he's great. animated Bowser. Uh-huh. I think it looks very cutting edge. I really like it. definitely screams Illuminations and Despicable yeah. Me and stuff like that. 100%. I wasn't crazy about Chris Pratt's voice right away, but then someone posted that he was doing a Brooklyn accent. Uh-huh. And then I listened again and I was like, oh, I actually like that direction because they're choosing not to keep just Chris Brad's voice. They're also choosing not to do the Mario Mario voice. Right. Because why not have the original voice actor if you're going to do that? Um, so I actually like that like take. I don't know that it's going to make any sense in the Mario universe. Like, is he, is there a Brooklyn? I don't think so. This isn't the little Alba- Albano one, but um, I like that that's a take. That's a choice they made. So I don't hate it. It's probably the same way people felt when they heard Ben Schwartz doing Sonic. So, yeah, this is a little <laughs> off, but it's close. Right. I think, I think it'll be fine. Uh, I'm not too worried about it. I can't wait to hear Charlie Day fully be Luigi. I think that's going to be so fun <laughs> to yeah. listen to. Um, but my expectations were never high for character voices. Like Princess Peach will probably sound pretty similar to Princess Peach because that's kind of just like, I don't want to say generic female voice. Because it's not, but it's probably easier to hit that like benchmark. 
because she's never right. been like a crazy over the top character, right? Like Mario and Luigi. I mean, Toad. Uh, Toad's voice, I forget who did it, but his voice sounded fine too. I know it. When I hear it, I can tell you who it is, but I can't think of it. You know um, what? Let's just Keegan do. Michael Key. It was Keegan Michael Key. Yeah, let's just do. Um, while we're here and people can let us know what they think about the Mario uh, voice actors, I'll tell people who's playing who. So we have Chris Pratt as Mario. We have Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny as Luigi. Keegan-Michael Key as Toad. Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong. Uh, I'm just going to name people whose voices we know. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy as Princess Peach. She's from Queen's Gambit, speaking of chess. Uh, Yeah, Jack Black as Bowser. Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong and others. So I think that's... I don't don't have a problem with any of those people. Fred Armisen's probably going to be very funny as Cranky Kong. He's also Uncle Fester in the Wednesday Adam show, which I think is pretty cool. <laughs> what about you? What did you think of the trailer? So this might come off as uh controversial, Josh. I thought it was at best great. Yeah. At worst, totally fine. I <laughs> have no issues with Chris Pratt's voice as Mario at all. I think it's totally fine. I think Jack Black as Bowser is amazing. I think the animation looks stellar. I think yeah. the jokes have, were like really great. I am pretty stoked about this movie and I'm excited to watch it. And I understand that some people don't like Chris Pratt for other reasons. Like that's totally fine. Yeah. But like saying that Chris <laughs> Pratt is like a bad voice actor to me is ridiculous because he's amazing in the Lego movie. He, yeah, he is. is like, he. I mean, he's great in that movie. So like, I, I, don't, I don't understand that. And he's really good in Onward. So, like, it's not mm-hmm. like he has not voice acted, right? It's not like he's like this, we got this guy who's got really big in the movies right now, but has never done any voice acting. Like, he has, and he has very well done it. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like I said, I know he's trendy to hate on right now, and I understand why some people don't like him, and it's for completely legitimate reasons. But, like, I, I think it's totally fine. At ba- Like, at worst, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, from what we heard so far. I also think, to be honest, that from what we heard, I think it's totally fine. Now. We also didn't hear that much. We heard like right. eight words total, right? Like there's a lot of stuff still to hear about how this might go. It might be better. It might be worse. But I think people who are making these like, uh, man, here we go. I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna dig myself a hole. Don't people who are making these like grandiose statements about how like, oh, this is so horrible. He said like five. You, there's no way you can know his entire performance based off of that. You just can't. Yeah. And maybe it will stink. And maybe it'll be great. But like. I don't know that you can judge it from what we've heard other than it sounds fine. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm excited about the movie because everything else I thought was great. And if there was not anyone saying anything about Chris Pratt being Mario and there was no controversy about it, I think everyone would have been like, that's fine. Like that is totally fine. Yeah. Um, Agreed. So we'll see. But anyway, like I said, (sighs) feel free to yell at me. That's fine. Listeners. If you hated it, you can tell me I get it, but I think we're all pulling carrying don't some yell at kyle it. no it's okay you can yell at me i can handle oh, it i think we're all we're all it. bringing some baggage into it so <laughs> uh any other video game things you want to talk about josh well there's there's some oculus news probably not i'm kind of talking about probably not what people are thinking about oh yeah, yeah <clears> i'm yeah. not talking about the new oculus uh that costs what is it fifteen hundred dollars 1600 bucks 1500 bucks 1600 bucks yeah 
which I think is great. It's a very cool tech. But actually, <laughs> uh, there's pretty interesting VR news that came out right around the same time that might be getting a little overshadowed. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is how excited I am to find out that Iron Man VR was purchased by Oculus and Iron Man VR 2 is coming exclusively to Oculus. Uh, that's awesome news. Maybe not exclusively. It's coming to Oculus Quest 2. No, is it just it Iron Man VR coming to Oculus, like the game that's currently out? Yeah, but I thought they announced, announced that they were making a sequel. Oh, did they? Look, I didn't even know that. I'll look into that. Maybe they're not, but I thought they were. Regardless, Iron Man uh, from the PSVR is coming to MetaQuest 2 on November 3rd. So I'm very excited to play that because I wasn't able to play it on the PSVR because I was having tracking issues. Mm, that, that now that's not going to be a problem, so I don't have to worry about that. Uh, but something that can, caught me completely by surprise, and I can't wait. I hope it works as good as the Netflix app does in Quest. Um, Microsoft and Meta are teaming up to get Xbox Cloud Gaming on Quest VR headsets in the future. Uh, this is extremely exciting to me because I use that service. <laughs> and I have a Quest 2. If anyone who hasn't used an Oculus or a PSVR, one of the coolest things you can do, and I don't, I, I'm not the type of person who's going to sit down and play, like watch a movie for two hours in a headset because it's just kind of like, it gets to be uncomfortable without breaks. Mm-hmm. However, like with the Netflix app and some of these other apps, it really just does a great job at simulating a screen the size of a movie theater in your living room. Uh-huh. And I'm really excited to see how some games play on that. Now, I know it's cloud, so I'm not mm-hmm. going to be expecting to jump into an Overwatch 2 or maybe even a Halo Infinite multiplayer match. But yeah. games that aren't going to be requiring a crazy amount, like how cool would it be to jump into Flight Simulator and literally fly that game in VR? I think yeah. that would look, be so incredible. But you're. It's not really VR, it's just right, a, it's a simulated screen giant screen. Yeah. Um, or even a game like Sea of Thieves, where the whole ocean is going to be the size of your wall right. in your house. That's as long as the resolution holds up. And the frame rate's good. I think this could be very cool. <laughs> Until you know it's cloud, so then it drops some frames and you throw up. But other than that, it'll be totally that fine. Would be, that'd be really funny if it's like keep a bucket next to you. <laughs> you know what'd be even cooler than that though, Josh? What? Is if you could look all around you and be surrounded by the cockpit of an airplane, or look all around yeah. you and be surrounded by the ocean. Wouldn't that be way cooler? That would be very cool for sure. That would Same. be cool. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm excited to try it out to say the, like even tunic, right? That would be fun. That's not going to jump all over the place. Probably. Uh, have you seen it on switch? <laughs> well, we're at least, at least cloud gaming is better than switch in general. Uh, so I'm excited to see how, I mean, I definitely see that there can be issues 100%. Like it, yeah. it's not going to be flawless, but I'm excited to try it out and see how it feels and, you know, to have that ability to jump into a Game Pass game also. Like, hey, I just played Beat Saber now. I want to play a Game Pass game before I turn off my quest. Be a lot of fun. You know what this reminds me of, Josh? PSVR? No, not PSVR. Do you remember back in the day when Steam boxes were a thing? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember what the biggest criticism about Steam boxes were? 
And this goes not only for this, but also for like the Logitech, like handheld and like all of that stuff. It's like overheating or something. Nope. If Steam truly believed in this, they'd make their own. Mm, I hear you. So if Xbox truly believed in this or in the handhelds, they'd make their own. That's all I'm going to say about it. Well, why? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Because there's there's like no risk for them, right? Or maybe they or look at PlayStation and they look at the, the Vita and the PSP and they're like, Ugh. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like, and I'm not. I'm not. This is. I I'm not saying it's a poor decision. But right. I'm saying if they if they were truly believed in the way this was going to work, yeah, they yeah, would just yeah. do they would do it, right? Yeah. And I think this is the safe way for them to introduce it. And if it works great, oh, oh okay, sure. well maybe we'll go a little further next time. Yes. But this safe. to me says they're still skeptical. And that's fine. That's fine. I'm just, you know. We, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like the Logitech so. G, is that what you mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like if they were like, this is gonna work, like they would just make their own device. Sure. So um you know, <laughs> speaking of things that were, you know, about what happens when you go all in on something and it doesn't work. Oh, yeah. uh, so, Josh, you may remember a couple of years ago, um, I made this prediction that uh, Google Stadia was going to shut down. Yes, I, I do remember. My, a little earlier <laughs> on my prediction, but uh, Google yeah. Stadia is shutting down, Josh. And uh Yeah. 2023 will be it for Google Stadia. The store's already down. You can't buy anything else, though. Um, smart. Uh, uh, <laughs> smart on their part. <laughs> yeah. Also, probably surprising to most people that uh, they're refunding you anything you've ever spent on Google Stadia stuff. Google Stadia um, shutting down is the best thing that happened to me uh, because now I'm getting <laughs> money back. <laughs> yeah. I The the pessimist in me or the conspiracy theorist in me says that the only reason they're doing this is it's going to be a bigger write-off for them. So that's why they're returning everyone's money. And they want to be able to come back with a gaming thing when they decide that they want to get back in. They're not going to come back with a game. I I don't know. I bet they will. No, they're not. They're done. So Josh, what are your thoughts though? (laughs) No, I don't. I just, I'm just, that is that I, yeah, that (laughs) if they do, it'll be a long, long time. Sure. But so what are your thoughts, Josh? Obviously you said, you know, you're getting your money back. So that's pretty nice. But what are your thoughts on Google Stadia shutting down? Are you sad? Are you surprised? What are your thoughts there, sir? We talk about cloud gaming a lot. Well, not, yeah. well, we have talked about cloud gaming a lot. We don't talk about it a lot now. It's still not where it needs to be. Um, no, and, you know, Amazon Luna was probably not far behind. Um, and, you know, this is that whole thing. My cat is like yeah, hearing something in my <laughs> other room. I don't know what it is. Um, it was loud enough for me to hear. So choosing to ignore it. I'll clean it up later. Um, uh, yeah, it's just not there, and and until we can get, we, I have, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but until we can get like some sort of normalcy for Wi-Fi and speeds or in this entire country, it's only going to be accessible to certain people, and you can't have a successful company, studio, anything, brand that focuses on unstable element where it's unstable from everything from connection speed to price. So there's nothing that guarantees you anything. Like my, like we were at Target today, and my wife was like, "Oh, No Man's Sky's on the Switch," and I was like, "Don't even think about it." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "It's cloud. It's not going to be a good connection." Like, as much as I appreciate some games being able to run on cloud, even with Game Pass, it's just it's not like why wouldn't you just buy a physical game? 
you know, for a better experience. It just seems like there's too many hiccups. And and then Sadia came out hot saying like, oh, you also have to buy the full game and subscribe to our service. Sorry. Like you're also eliminating the reason for cloud gaming, like the subscription model. Uh, you, why don't you tell me about what you think while I strangle my cat real quick? <laughs> well, don't strangle you. your cat. We don't. We don't. No, she's right here. She's just playing with a, a cap to my son's uh, yogurt pouch. So it's gotcha. Fine. So I, I think others have said this. This isn't going to be revolutionary thought. That like cloud gaming and streaming games is a really good add-on, but it cannot be the thing right now. Maybe in the future it can be. Um, but right now, like when you, when I like play like my, you know, PlayStation games on my backbone, um, it works fine, but fine. Is not good enough for like my, the bulk of gaming? I do. There are yeah. certain games that I will play that way because it doesn't matter, but there are a lot of games. It does matter. So I will not play them that way. Um, and, and I think it's just, it, it's too ahead of its time still in, in some ways. Um, I think we'll get there eventually, but I just am. <sighs> I, I don't know when that time is going to be. I, I don't know when we're going to get to the point that streaming is not just the future, but the now, right? Like, I, I don't know where we're going to be. Um, my question for you, though, Josh, is has anyone ever been as successful? As, I, I'm going to probably sound bad. And I don't mean it, dude. I don't want to, like, <laughs> like kneecap anyone here. But, like, I feel like Phil Harrison has done a really good job of failing up. You know, like, he <laughs> Yeah, he's every PS3. guy I've ever worked with. <laughs> <laughs> like he launched the PS3 and then left Sony and then he <laughs> launched the Xbox One and then left Xbox and then went to Google for Stadia. Like, has anyone ever had like that like track record of like things not going well and still apparently being desirable for people to like hire? Yeah, I think like maybe Jade Raymond uh, or Amy Henning. <laughs> yeah, but like for them, like it, it's different, right? Like they were not they were creating a game within a system that was like headed by someone else. Like he was yeah. in, like in charge of these things or had significant, very significant roles right, right, in the right. creation of launching of these things. Right. Like yeah. I just, man, that guy, I don't know. But at least I, he gets to move on and make more money somewhere else. These other people <laughs> have worked, put blood, sweat and tears into projects that just get canned. <laughs> I know. Right. It's just gone. Just gone. So yeah. But um, yeah, so it is, like I said, it, it would have been nice to have it succeed. I just think that, all you know, a lot of the promises of it just were never delivered on um, of what it was trying to do, and it, it just wasn't quite stable enough to to become you know one of the big contenders. And you know, Google. The nice thing is though that I, at least they tried. Like that is one thing I will say about Google. They 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 don't have a fear of failure necessarily. That they are willing to try something, and if it doesn't go well, they just chalk it up and keep on moving forward. And yeah. You know, that's not a not a thing that most people can do. So <laughs> so yeah. But uh anything else, Josh, that you want to talk about other other things that uh, you want to bring up potentially? Uh I feel like we should do the golden joysticks, but do we have time? Uh what do you think about should we talk about Gotham Knights real quick? Or do Let's we should do we it? Leave yeah, it? why not? Why not? Okay. Uh, uh <laughs> I didn't I didn't put in I, this is my thing, placeholder for tweet or whatever. That's how much work I wanted to put into this Gotham Knights story. Uh, so I pre-ordered Gotham Knights. I want to play it at Extra Life. I thought it'd be fun. Um, even if, like, because Kyle and I can have game share, if I can convince Kyle to play, like, co-op with me late night, one night. Speaking of which. Yeah. 
I I need to reset up our game share on Xbox because when I go to my library, your games are not there anymore. So we oh. I have to set that back up. Okay, yeah, we'll set that up. Uh, so, but I'm you know I'm generally just like in love with the Batman game, so I just assumed while Gotham Knights wasn't really hitting, like I wasn't like, oh my god, I need this game. I still always viewed it as like, hey, it's still a Batman game done by the Batman people. Like, it's probably gonna be good or at least enjoyable to me. So I pre-ordered it. Whatever, no big deal. Uh, and then like a day or two later, these rumors start coming out and people start commenting on rumors. And then very quickly, someone has to issue a statement who knows things. And what we are now learning is that Gotham Knights is running at a locked 30 frames per second. Originally, we didn't know why. Now we know that they're saying it's because of co-op mode, uh, which is interesting uh, and probably true, but you know, maybe also just something they're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and no performance mode, no no performance modes for next gen consoles. Nope. There will be one for PC apparently, yep. um, but not for for consoles. And we do live in a world where this might not be the end all be all for this. They could like issue a patch in the future that could change this. We see it happen all the time with like even like Horizon Zero Dawn has a 60 frames patch for PlayStation 5. Yeah. But Gotham Knights, the $70 game, is launching at a locked 30 frames per second. Now, I've never been one to swear off games that don't run at 60 uh, locked. Yep. However, uh, I will say that I have been playing most of my games within the past year at probably 60 or higher frames. So I'm really curious how this game is going to look. And I don't understand how they can charge $70 for this game. And I don't know if that makes me crazy or not. Well, see, Josh, it's a next generation game or current generation game, I guess. Now we should probably start saying. It's probably a previous generation game developed (laughs) and put on current gen consoles. Well, because we heard a while ago, right, that they were dropping last gen, that this was only. So how do you think that game ran on like a base PS4 or a base Xbox One? I think my bigger question is it probably maybe it didn't run good on current gen and it ran better on previous. Like if it was designed on previous gen and then they're trying to bump up the frame rate to 60, maybe that's where they were having the issues like. Maybe they weren't developing that game with that in mind. So are you saying that from your perspective, you see it at the from a like graphical fidelity standpoint that we're basically going to be playing the last gen version of this game, but on our new consoles? Maybe like Arkham Origins or whatever Arkham Knight looked like at that point, which looked fine to me in memory. Right. But I'm also thinking of Spider-Man now and like, yeah, well- Am I going to be able to compare the two? No way. <laughs> and and that is one of the things I think has come through in the trailers for this game is that it doesn't seem to be a looker, right? Like it, it's it very is not dark, a game. so it's hard to see. Like this is true. And more. We'll, we'll have to wait till we play it. You're absolutely right to kind of fully, you know, quote unquote, pass judgment on it. Uh, but it is a little bit disappointing, right? That we are in this new generation. We have these consoles that are theoretically powerful enough it would seem to be able to run games at higher frame rates and higher fidelities um but you know i i do think the co-op argument obviously when i think about it seems valid if you think about the fact too that even some 
PlayStation first party games that are like high, super high fidelity games, like don't always have like have like 60 or 30 options to get 4K. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it, it doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility to me that, and I guess it's they say 30 frames. I don't know if it's 30 frames. 1080 30 frames oh god i haven't somewhere I, in between 30 gosh. frames 4k i have no idea that's like, terrifying I to think about i wonder <laughs> um, imagine it's 30 frames 4k like i don't think that's that that, that horrible really maybe i'm wrong FPS, i have no idea i don't even know uh how many frames <laughs> no, what no not the frames sorry <laughs> 30 fps how many frames 30 <laughs> <laughs> This is excellent fact-finding during a podcast. We're doing good jobs here. Hey, we got to try it, right? That's right. Uh, dynamic 4K or lower. Okay. So that doesn't seem horrible to me then. It really oh, doesn't. Now I think... That's PC. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, 4K 30. Okay. Yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, uh, 4K is fine, but I can't trust this because then it says and 60 frames performance mode. Oh, so yeah. That's not happening anymore. That's wrong news. <laughs> so I, I will be really interested to pl- see Digital Foundry's breakdown of this game when it comes out, yes. which is right around the corner because it comes out next week, right? Yeah, 21st. I think, yeah. Friday? So I think it comes out Friday. So, you know, right around the corner as far as that goes. So I'll be interested to see that breakdown. Uh, I, like I said, I, I think not having the option is the most disappointing thing to me because I think with the new generation, that's one of the things that I, I have liked the most of like, yeah. you know, 4K 30 you know some sort of adjustable resolution 60 like that's the kind of stuff that i think makes it fun that you can kind of play in a way that uh that you'd prefer and and similar to you i've been playing most of my games at the higher frame rate and the lower resolution if i need to do that um so being locked to 4k 30 is not ideal um but also for me not the end of the world per se um I, I'm still in a situation where I can really tell the difference between 30 and 60 if I can switch between them in a game. Oh, but yeah. if I sit down yeah. and just start playing them, at least at this point, I have not necessarily been able to tell the difference super, super well. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. I, like I said, it's not a no-go for me. Um, but I also, it doesn't help to make me more excited about a game that I was only moderately excited about right. to start with. Yeah, I'm not canceling my pre-order over it, but I, I, I'm just kind of disappointed that that I don't know. I just feel like it could have been a sixty dollar game or a fifty dollar game. Yeah, it it does. Yeah, I don't like, I don't know that that's a bad take by any means. We're trying to set the standard of what is a seventy dollar game, and like we were, we went into this current generation asking ourselves that question: What's a yep. seventy dollar game going to look like? This probably isn't what we were thinking. What a seventy dollar game would look like. Yeah, I, I do think that's going to get harder and harder though, even as we move forward, because. I, I don't know what else this generation can do to differentiate differentiate itself from the previous generation other than yeah. potentially like the load times with having the like faster SSDs. Yeah. But, you know, when I look at like The Last of Us Part 2, like that game looked amazing. And like, yeah, when I watch a Digital Foundry breakdown of like, you know, The Last of Us Part 1 now and I see like, oh, look at all these changes that they made, like and they do the side by side. Well, that's probably a bad example because that one you can tell the difference quite a bit. Horizon, Horizon Forbidden West, mm-hmm. right? PS4, PS5, I look at it, I'm like, oh, yeah, the PS5 one looks a little bit better. Yeah. But it's not like the PS4 one looks like garbage. You know, right. it's so that's what's like really hard of. I think we might be, I, I know um, in the Discord, they're talking about there's the insiders are now saying that like both Xbox and PlayStation have provided mid gen refresh like development consoles to yeah. game makers. 
and like do we need like a mid jet like a you know ps4 pro type system i i even as someone who plays a lot of video games i don't know if i would get a mid-gen refresh like i don't know if i'd buy one because what's it gonna do for me that this one already isn't because i i can't imagine that there's that much more it's gonna be capable of yeah it doesn't it just seems so early i I really don't like that news coming out well i mean (laughs) with production situations it's probably gonna be two years until you get one anyway so yeah but yeah. Okay, Josh, final story, and then we can kind of move toward dropping things yeah. up, or I'll maybe, I might rapid fire a couple things at you. Uh, Josh, Beyond Good and Evil 2 overtakes Duke Nukem forever to inherit the <laughs> longest development period ever. So, yeah. uh, this is from over on Games Radar. Um, and it's saying, according to a tweet by Brendan Sinclair, managing editor for GameIndustry.biz, Duke Nukem Forever went 5,156 days from its announcement in 1997 to its release in 2011. He added, it has been. 5,234 days since the first Beyond Good and Evil 2 trailer was released. With not even a vague launch window yet in sight, the number has the potential to get significantly higher. Now, Josh, yeah. I'm an old person. Yes. I remember <laughs> when that Beyond Good and Evil 2 trailer was released. And in my mind, or initially, and in my mind, the time between Duke Duke of Forever's trailer and launch still seems way longer than the time between that cgi trailer back in like 2008 or whenever it was yeah and now like it just seems longer in my mind and obviously that's not true but what do you think about uh beyond good and evil now being the longest in development game and you know according to guinness book of world records or at least what it has broken the the record that guinness had and when do you think that game is coming out <laughs> well this is what i'll say about the story at least duke nukem forever came out and I think they'll always have that edge against Beyond Good and Evil too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Okay, we have not seen a single drop of gameplay from Beyond Good and Evil too. Not a, a, anything. No gameplay at all. <laughs> yeah, it's been yeah. And I'm in the Space Monkeys program where they are supposed to like email you like like footage from the game and how progress is going. I haven't got a single thing from them. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because it's going so well. They don't need your input or feedback. It's just I, going so well. Uh, that game is not coming out. You don't think it's ever coming out? I don't think so. I, I I don't think it's ever coming out. I mean, supposedly Skull and Bones is coming out. Yeah, but we've actually seen some gameplay from the ripoff of Sea of Thieves. So <laughs> it's pretty like... I don't know that they even know what Beyond Good and Evil 2 is going to be because and there's the like trailer was not even out. close to the original game. Yeah. So they were trying to like redefine Beyond Good and Evil. I think they just thought they're they just thought too big. Yeah, that's surprising to me because like I said, it just it doesn't seem like it's been as long. And I know most people are thinking about like the E3 like re-reveal as the timeline and this timeline is the 2008 timeline not that E3 re-reveal when they were trying to fend off the Vivendi takeover um but even then it just it doesn't seem I guess this is what happens when you get old like time becomes shorter like I I don't know it just (laughs) it's ridiculous to me I will say I do think if this game comes out it is still not going to come out until like 2025 like I think we still have right a number of years before this game is going to see the light of day. Like this legitimately might take 17 years for this game to come out from the time it was announced, which will be just ridiculous. So um, hopefully it's better than Duke Nukem Forever was when Duke Nukem Forever finally came out. So Yeah, maybe it shouldn't have come out. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just some quick hits then, Josh. Uh, so they're trying to fix Saints Row. Um, Saint Row Saints Row is getting a patch that's going to fix a few hundred bugs. Sure. Um, and there's going to be new story content next year. Um, is it too little, too late, Josh? You have any desire to play more Saints Row? It's actually the best timing ever because I only did the intro mission. So if they're going to yeah. fix the game, bring it on because I had some issues. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, speaking of games that had some issues, uh, CD Projekt Red has just said they're just going to make a whole bunch of games, Josh. So during their investor that... call, they just announced like six games or something like that that they're working on. Uh, more Witcher, more Cyberpunk, new IP, all that good yeah. stuff. Uh, are you excited about new CD Projekt Red games, Josh? Do you still trust them or do they need to earn their trust back? No, no. I think I feel like I'm the only one who's mad about this news. Everyone else seems to be happy. I'm like, what are they doing? They can't even get their games out regular. Why are you announcing this many projects, CD Projekt? <laughs> like, <laughs> fix your stuff and then announce that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, they probably they watched that as they watched that Ubisoft press conference and they were like, "We can do better." <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, apparently everyone watched Edge Runners on Netflix and was like, "Hey, we're gonna go back and play it." And, yeah, great know. for them. I plan on playing it on, on Extra Life, but I, I just fix your game, fix your game, and then do more Appar- games. <laughs> hey, apparently it is is in great shape now. So I am actually hopefully going to play cyberpunk here soon we'll see if that happens or not but that is on my my to-do list here um so wednesday this week so right after you're listening to this uh, podcast releasing josh we're supposed to get an update on the silent hill series coming back Uh, konami has confirmed that they are going to do a little ditty um talking about the future of silent hill on wednesday october 19th uh josh you excited about some more silent hill what do you think they're going to say about it i am excited uh well Maybe we're just going to get a title reveal. Maybe not even that. I don't know that they have much content to show. That's probably, it seems more like it's just an acknowledgement that every, the thing that everyone's been asking for is happening. So, um, but I'm curious, maybe there's a whole bunch of content that they just were able to keep away from leakers. Uh, so I'm excited to see and hear what they have to say. Awesome. And finally, before we go to torch wrapping thing up, E3 2023 is officially back with dates and everything now being run by Reed Pop, the same folks who do some hack stuff, who do New York City Comic Con, all that good stuff. Uh, Josh, what is your hype level for E3 2023? Do you think is everyone going to be back? Is PlayStation going to be back? What do you think is going to happen? I don't see why anyone would go back based off of how the last two years have gone. Okay. So yeah, uh, maybe they will be back, but I, I you know, I think that for Sony and Xbox, this is a good opportunity for them to do something locally nearby uh-huh. e3 but not be involved with e3 e3 you know have stuff on the show floor but uh i think business as usual right like e3 can do yeah. their convention they can open to the public they can get money from people um but you're not going to see the big three doing things exclusively at e3 it'll be outside of e3 yeah with uh them having some press days and some fan days having them separated out i yeah. feel like they could come back and do the big pressers and all that stuff again and make it work well i'll be honest i kind of have some nostalgia for it i would love to take a few days off of work and just sit on my butt and watch the press conferences again um but it doesn't look like that's necessarily going to happen uh but hopefully one a a person could dream can't they hopefully we'll get old e3 at some point but i like you said i just i don't think it's in the cards yeah so with that then we'll kind of move towards wrapping some stuff up josh any questions any emails anything we need to read from the from the wonderful listeners no nothing 
Uh, because well, we're not asking, and <laughs> we aren't asking. But it's, not a check. Not a check. Yeah, yeah. So you are obviously welcome to reach out to us at email. You know, let us know. All right, with that, then we'll move on to some recommendations for a well-rounded life. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we do want to move on. Oh, gosh. It's been a couple hours, Josh. Whew. So we're a gaming podcast, but we want to give you a recommendation for something else we're currently into that's helping us live that well-rounded life. Josh, what is your recommendation this month? And if there's more than one, that's cool, too. Oh, I mean, there's a few things out there. I talked about Ash, the artist I really like. She has a new album that came out Friday. It's very good. Um, I would say check that out. Uh, I also had a a friend recommend another artist to me that I would say people should check out. And that artist is Maggie Rogers. Her album is very good. And I will recommend Clerks 3. uh, Only if you like Kevin Smith movies and only if you've seen Clerks 1 and 2. Because Kevin Smith likes to put everyone he knows in his movies and also reference all of his previous movies so this isn't going to be any different from that. Uh, I don't want to say anything specific about the movie because actually something rare has happened with the Kevin Smith movie. Things are probably not what you think when you watch it. Uh, okay. I really enjoyed it. It's funny. If you liked Clerks, it's very self-referential. Uh, the acting is fine because it's still the same actors from Clerks. Uh, and uh, it has a lot of heart. And that's what I love about Kevin Smith's projects for the most part is they have a lot of heart. So uh, if you have the chance, you can uh, rent or buy it digitally currently. Uh, good movie. Clerks 3. Excellent. Wow. That was some recommendations. Um, I have a couple quick hits and then I'll give you my, my bigger one. Uh, quick hit number one uh, being, I know I talked about it last month, but fin- Breeze of Power is now done for their first season. I know there are some people online who are dragging that show pretty hard, but man, I had a blast. I thought that show was so good. I had so much fun with it. I thought there, I mean, there were literally shots in that show that made me go, oh my goodness. Like, yeah, just beautifully shot. Ah, and sure. Maybe though some of the writing is imperfect. Maybe there's some stretches in logic in some places but you know what i just had fun with it it was oh i had so much fun with that show i'm really excited about that this is supposedly five seasons um really looking forward to season two already uh so yeah rings of power i really enjoyed it second one uh hassan minaj has a new stand-up special on netflix called the king's jester check it out his brilliant as always as he is uh but then my final recommendation is kind of like my quote-unquote real recommendation um is a film on netflix called athena now, what I will say about Athena is, I'm not saying, okay, I like the movie. I think that some of the themes of the movie, they mm, could have done more with than what they did. It is a French film, so I will say that. So just kind of recognize that if you're going to watch it, I, I do recommend watching it in French with subtitles. It's just the better way to do it. But this movie is shot brilliantly the the act of watching this movie is exciting and and like energizing and like hectic and just cool the movie starts with like watch the first 12 minutes of the movie and if you aren't hooked within the first 12 minutes which is when the title card comes up you're not going to be hooked like you're you're not going to like this movie but it is a 12 minute single shot and it is hectic and ridiculous and just 
absolutely like gives you the sense of feeling of the journey you're going to go on for the yeah. rest of the film. Okay. Um, so I highly recommend it if you are kind of into film at all. It's a really, really easy recommend. Like I said, overall, story is fine. It's touching on some controversial topics, uh, but it really kind of, I don't want to say flakes out, but definitely does not quite. I thought it was going to go some places and it just doesn't, but that's fine. Um, not everything has to be like this huge, powerful message about everything. Um, but like I said, if you're into film at all or really looking for something unique or different or interesting, um, really, really recommend Athena on Netflix. So, Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up? Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with Fiji. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in a more long form or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithfiji at gmail.com. That's B-O-A-R-D, not the other way. Uh, we tag our stuff with hashtag boardwithvg, so please feel free to use that hashtag as well on all your social medias and whatever podcast service you're listening to us on. We encourage you to give us that stellar rating we crave. Usually five stars. <laughs> is that uh, like Rondo? Plants crave it? <laughs> that is whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or a very own standalone board with video games feed. In lieu of where you can find me, because you should know by now, I'm going to say, if you could, jump over to my Twitter, at Josh Bones. My pinned tweet is my Extra Life campaign. It's getting close. We're about three weeks away. I'm going back to New York. Uh, there's there's like over 60 people this year. Kyle, there's a oh, Magic dang. the Gathering tournament. Uh, blind Box, Blind Pack, Magic tournament that I might just enter, having no clue how to play Magic anymore. Man, I want to uh, go to New York now. They rented out a separate room just for the tabletop area, so I might even just walk away from my stream and go play board games for a couple hours. That seems great. Uh, I would love for people to help donate. I'm over halfway to my goal already. I've added some some incentives, a really creepy, weird incentive. Uh, if you want to check out my extra life incentives, because uh, no a one foot will... picture one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a foot okay. OnlyFans. Uh, it's not just a picture; it's a whole OnlyFans account. Oh, I thought I, you were joking. I didn't realize you were actually going to do update it weekly. <laughs> <laughs> well, no one's donated it. It's a, you got to donate for me to do that. Uh, <laughs> a specific amount, but yeah, I'll be playing games if you donate. Uh, one part of the donations is you can pick a game for me to play for half an hour or an hour, depending on your donation level. Uh, I, I could add more incentives if people want, but really it's for a great cause. It goes to local children's hospitals for mine. It's Boston Children's Hospital. Uh, I'll be there with Kevin Austin from, I guess, formerly a PSVG. <laughs> from the internet. Uh, from the internet. Um, and Sean Capri is going to be there. And I think and bad bit from from whatever PlayStation show, PlayStation Drive that he runs. So we're gonna have a bunch of people there. I don't know if Garrett's in California now, so I don't think he'll be there. Uh, the Sleepy Gamer might be there this year. Our buddy Winter Gamer, who got his nickname last year, the Sleepy Gamer, <laughs> uh, for falling asleep, taking a nap. Um, so I'm really, uh, I hope people can donate, and if you can't donate, that's fine. But I would love for you to jump in on my stream. On November 5th, 25 hours because of daylight savings time. Uh, jump in my chat, say hi, ask if I want to play a game with you. If I can, I will. Check it out. Any help would be great. Kyle, where can people find you? 
So really quick before I give my plugs, I just oh, want to yeah. say like if people are going to donate to Josh's um, extra fundraiser, I am, I haven't donated yet. I'm going to donate, but when it comes to it, I think that potentially if a couple of us grouped together. And each donated at the level where we get to pick what game you play. We could make you play Persona 5 for a really long time. Yeah. I so mean, I'm just uh, going <laughs> to put that out there to people. If anybody, you know, obviously be responsible with your finances. But if people can donate at the level of, of picking a game for Josh and you want to, like, group together to, like, make Josh play a specific game, maybe Persona 5, uh, let me know. Because I have I am planning to donate at that level. Um, <laughs> but I, if we could do something like that, that'd be great. So let me know. Um, and where you, could you let me know that? On places like Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. Um, as always, if you have any suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. We hope you have a wonderful Halloween. Yeah. We'll be back next month prior to Turkey Day to talk more games. But in the meantime, remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming. Kyle. Josh. Sounds like Rost. I just wanted to uh, send you a little message. I believe you've known each other for quite some time, but you've never met in person. Well, as an outsider, I understand that. But keep training. Keep focused on each other. Have each other's backs. And keep broadcasting that podcast. You're doing God's work. All right, guys. Take care of yourselves. Best of luck. Rost.